608, here we go. <clears throat> Welcome. It's Thursday. Oh, you knew that. Show number 1483. And uh, on the program today, Chuck Todd, Bridget Gaynor, Pat Brady, Jeremy Colleton, Dean Richards, uh, comedian Jeff Dye, very funny dude. And we continue with Adoption Awareness Week. Before we do the top six at six, anyone like to chime in? Anyone? Anyone? Hello. Anyone? Good morning. Anyone? Hello. Anyone? Hello. Anyone? Hello. So sorry. You sound a little uh, froggy. Yeah, raspy. Yeah. Touch mm-hmm. of a cold, yeah. Mm-hmm. Touch of a cold, yeah. Mm-hmm. Zinc. Mm-hmm. Zinc it up. I already have. All right. You still get those during the summer. Can't imagine where that could have come from. I, no, because yeah. everybody here is healthy. Everywhere. Possibly. Cold. Yeah. Steve, you gave me some really good advice one time when I was not feeling well. Don't you come said, to work? Just punch yourself in the face. <laughs> yeah, because then you forget about your cold. <laughs> no, forget about it. Really yeah. No, Vivian wasn't feeling well the past few days, but there's no chance that her coming to work I made mean, me sick. I mean, she refused to go home. Yeah. And, oh, and you do God. have a very small <laughs> office, and you guys all sit on she top always, of each other. She Comes right around to the right, right. side of you and right. well, breathes she, you know, on producer, you. Well, she's got to hand me things all the time. <laughs> she coughs on the papers before she hands right. them to you. You guys didn't cough. follow the office policy of wearing rubber gloves at least three days a week. <laughs> she didn't wear that mask Steve Grzanich was going to give her. Yeah, ma- yeah, Steve, you were supposed to give me that mask. Uh, you yeah, know, stuff I, happens. I keep forgetting it. Stuff happens. <laughs> um, we'll need somebody filling in starting at eight today, but stuff happens. Uh, all right, we got to get going here. Here's your top six at six. Now for some more news. Ready? Welcome to the top six at six. What? On the Steve Cochran Show. That is great radio. This is your first look at what people, animals and assorted fruits and vegetables we'll be talking about today. Item number one. <clears throat> By the way, since I might be contagious, do not touch your radio. I don't care if you get to a part of the show you don't like at all. The idea that you would try to change the station would could possibly get you very sick. I'm just telling you. Uh, former police chief Charlie Beck, leading candidate, uh, former L.A. police chief Charlie Beck, leading candidate to be the interim Chicago police superintendent. If Eddie Johnson, in fact, leaves, uh, Steve, has that uh, gotten any closer to true? That the that Beck is coming in for the that interview? Johnson's leaving. Um, well, the, there are multiple reports that say he's going to submit his papers by tomorrow. So um, we expect something perhaps today or early tomorrow. Isn't this indicative of the time we live in, though, that we're already talking about the replacement? Yeah, and, the, the, and not only just talking about him, there was a report, another report from another uh, outlet that the mayor is already interviewing you know, people for the, you know, the replacement job. So it's it's beyond just even talking about it. If there's if that's a real report where she's actually you know talking with people, that's it's far advanced. Um, I am, um, I was, and I will remain a fan of Eddie Johnson, and my hope is that he stays. So it certainly appears that he's ready to. Head into the next phase of his life. Uh, Beck, the L.A. Uh, former chief, is 66. He retired as L.A. police chief last June. Uh, not this June, June of 18. He was at that job for nine years and spent more than 40 years with the LAPD. Um, the idea being the Chicago Police Department rank and file would certainly appreciate somebody who knows what it's like to walk a beat. Next, <laughs> mobile pay technology is coming to the Salvation Army's Red Kettle campaign. In an effort to expand its reach to people who don't carry cash anymore, 
donors this year will be able to use Apple Pay or Google Pay. <laughs> this makes a lot of sense. This is really smart. I, I know. It's just it's just funny to me that we've gotten to a point where you know you scan your card. So so if you use phone, Apple Pay, say. I use Apple Pay. So uh-huh. so you, you hold your phone up to the kettle. Apparently. Apparently, it's going to have a QR reader. Don't walk too close to the kettle by accident. <laughs> It'll be nice. It won't <laughs> get scanned. It won't just be changed. You'll have to at least give $5. Why don't you just throw your phone in? <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. Is there a minimum on Apple Pay? No, I'm just no, saying. I mean, who's going to give like 25 cents on Apple Pay? Right. Yeah. 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 So this actually could be a really big thing for, for charities if they start doing this, because you're right. People are not going to just do a quarter. They're going to do f- yeah. a couple of bucks or five bucks. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, won't be spare change anymore, except for my new app that I just developed, Spare Change. Oh, really? <clears throat> yeah, it's where I just collect your spare change <laughs> and then spend it on stuff for yourself. Yeah, buy things yeah. I want. Yeah, my excuse for not mm-hmm. having any cash on me will not work anymore. I once saw somebody, Super Joe, and I don't think you were with me on Michigan Avenue, ask a homeless person for change. In other words, made a donation and said, "Let's say it was a ten. You got a five back." No, my buddy did that. That's yeah. not how it works. Yeah, he. It was one of his first times downtown. He's like, "Here, all I have is a twenty. Can can you give me ten back?" Like, oh, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, but at least he felt bad about it. Yeah. <clears throat> the person I was with just didn't understand why it was the wrong thing to do. Well, my fascinating the question is when you get asked for eighteen cents or some sort of odd number, like on the street, someone will come up to you and say, "Hey, I just need twenty-eight cents." Or I've never had I that happen. I always get round cent. numbers. No, no, no. <laughs> I get like specific. I have a lot of spare change. Someone just fixed my dryer the other day, and he gave me a wad of quarters that was found in my dryer. Is that right? It was awesome. I was like, whoa, pay. Well, how did you not hear that tumbling around? <laughs> I, I don't know where they were. They were in some hose or something. He was like, hey, here's all your spare change that's been in your dryer for the last, you know, 10 years. I'm like, oh, it's like five bucks. <laughs> found an original George Washington quarter. Yeah, I should have looked closer. Just put them in my car. Actually made by George. Uh, Next, Walgreens exploring a potential deal to take the company private as the pharmacy chain is wrestling and shifting consumer habits and pressures on its pharmacy business. Reuters is reporting the story. Uh, This would remove the company from the public eye and can make it easier to focus more on in-store health services and could draw in customers and better position Walgreens to compete with CVS. problem Walgreens and CVS has now is you can get your prescriptions filled anywhere. I got gas at a shell yesterday and ran and filled a couple of prescriptions. You get them um, mailed to you, delivered to you. There's a lot of ways to get them, and that's a big chunk, obviously, of Walgreens and uh, CVS business. Um, and, and the problem with a company going public is, obviously, the benefit is the company gets a lot of money to invest in whatever they're doing well. The problem is they have to make a quarterly stock number that Wall Street likes or doesn't like, and it changes the way you do business. Yeah, and this the whole model could be changing, too, depending on what happens with next year's election and health care uh, reform. Um, all of that is an unknown, a huge unknown for a company that's a publicly traded company. By the way, the breaking news this morning in the financial world, and of course, uh, Steve talked about this in the 5 o'clock hour, I'm sure, even though I may have missed this section, uh, maybe a deal with China. Yeah, uh, trade deal looks like the but but the devil's in the details as it always is. China is saying this morning that part of this deal is that uh, the tariffs are going to have to be removed simultaneously in each country of equal amounts. Um, so, so that's the, the stages part. Of it. So that's the stages part of it. But it's also the trust and verify situation. We're not going to remove tariffs if you're not. We want to see. We want to have it done at the exact same time so that we both appear like we're on equal footing. Um, It should help the market today. We'll see. Congress has passed a bill making certain types of animal cruelty a federal felony. It should be. The bill would expand a 2010 law that would make 
creation or distribution of so-called animal crushing videos illegal. Uh, let me, if people are watching these, they should be thrown in jail. I don't even understand what this is. What does this mean? That's you you so, don't want to know. Oh, no. It's exactly, what you, it's exactly what the title is. The new bill would make the underlying acts of cruelty a federal crime. The Senate unanimously passed the Preventing Animal Cruelty and Torture Act on Tuesday. You know, uh, people are into a lot of different things. If you're into this, get help immediately. Oh. Uh, next, Avi Gupta took home $100,000 after winning Teen Jeopardy. is now donating some of the money in honor of the show's host, Alex Trebek. Here's a kid of the week for you. The 18-year-old recently announced he donated more than $10,000 to pancreatic cancer studies at the Knight Center Institute in Oregon. Um, you know, $100,000 after taxes, the kid probably got sixty-five grand, and he gave away 10 of it. Pretty Great generous kid. kid. Donation comes after Trebek called for support surrounding Pancreatic Cancer Awareness Month of public service announcement last week. Uh, the the Jeopardy shows are taped well in advance, as you likely know. And uh, Trebek supposedly is struggling as hard as he's struggled since he was diagnosed, so keep him in your prayers. And now this. A 911 dispatcher supervisor was found streaming Netflix at her workstation while dispatchers under her supervision mishandled a call from a person who was a victim of a drive-by shooting. I, has this person been fired yet? I saw the story. I see. I saw places. the story too. I don't know if they said the person was fired. They said there will be no more streaming. That seems like a, a appropriate. <laughs> That's policy. a good response. I think if you're at nine one one, we're going to need you to focus on the job. So, uh, that is your top six at six. That's it. That's all today for the top six at six. No more. Well, there's lots of uh, politics uh, to talk about as there is every single day, but we'll take that up later on. Um, right now, uh, I have to admit um, that I'm not nearly as bright as I hoped I would be because there is a new second richest man in the world. At least there was uh, until, I don't know, noon or one o'clock yesterday. And um, he is a luxury goods purveyor um, and somebody who has billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars. And briefly, he led Bill Gates in the world's richest man competition did you know about the world's richest man competition it's a very hot reality show i mean do they have to lift weights and stuff like that and do a obstacle course uh they should don't you think but yeah they should actually be able to hire someone to run the <laughs> obstacle course for them carry them through it um and i would love to tell you who this world's richest man is and now i can't find his name but literally it's no it's somebody i had not heard of um joe romano it is not joe romano <laughs> And uh, I'm going to try to search this while I'm talking here. Was but, it um, do you, like it just came out yesterday? Yeah, the story came out yesterday uh, that this guy um, was uh, briefly the second richest man in the world. Was he a new like Chinese billionaire? No, he looks like a fancy Frenchman. Oh, uh, you mean from the Louis Vuitton group? The guy that's married to Selma Hayek? I don't know. Bernard Arnault? Yeah. That's Selma yeah, Hayek's yeah, husband? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on a second. He's married to Selma Hayek, and he's got all that money. Yes, he is. Um, yeah, there. He's in charge of Louis Vuitton. And, I would um, like to know if bad things that have happened to him, and I'd like a list. Um, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good run. If Selma Hayek. Oh is, wait, uh, no. Or is it his son that's married to Selma? I gotta find out. Hold on. Uh, well, Selma Hayek's married to an old dude, and this no. this would be age appropriate. 
I gotta look uh, it up. She's married to somebody that's in that Louis Vuitton empire. What is it, Bernard Arnault? Oh, it's, um, no, it's, uh, I'm sorry, excuse me. It's uh, Francois-Henri Pinault. Okay, good. I'm oh. glad it's not Arnault. Okay. So Bernard Arnault uh, is this dude that is, is he part of the, the Louis Vuitton group? Is that part of his deal? Uh, he I'm is, told he is. He's an art collector. He is, I think he's part of it, yep, of the luxury. Uh, Chairman and CEO of Louis Vuitton? There we go. Okay, That's go. where it came well, from. Well, then he's kind of involved See, with Louis you know Vuitton. what I'm saying. You knew I was on the right. See, my nose was on the right track. But had anybody heard of this guy sneaking up the richest list? I hadn't. Oh, I knew about the Louis Vuitton because they have a bunch of people underneath their umbrella. Of, uh, but you know, do you know Arnaud? Can you call him? No, no. I, don't, I don't know anybody rich. Very, 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 very rich. Um, and uh, yesterday, I don't know if, if like, uh, I, I feel like Bill Gates maybe called the bank and said, could you shift some money from my savings account to my checking account so I look richer? And then by noon or one or two o'clock yesterday, he was back to being the second richest man. First richest man in the world, as always. Anyone? Anyone? Uh, Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos. Yeah, the, he's the, they're over um, Yves Saint Laurent, Balenciaga, Gucci, Alexander McQueen. They're part of all that luxury that you always wonder, like, who can afford to buy these goods? Like, who can afford to go into these stores and drop ten, twenty thousand dollars on a bag? Well, this is an interesting math question, right? Because are there enough rich people in the world to make you rich enough to be the second richest person in the world? And apparently, there are, because if you just sell to rich people. Uh, and and all you sell are rich people stuff, then um, there are apparently enough rich people to buy your rich people stuff to make you that rich. Yeah, he's one of the f- members that pledged $113 million to rebuild Notre Dame. Meanwhile, Bezos uh, is visited his property in Washington, D.C., looking at the final stages. If you buy a house, you know, there's always a thing or two you need to fix, right? There's always something you need to touch up. You have the inspector comes in. You maybe negotiate. Hey, I need new downspouts. I need new gutters. You try to put that in the contract. Yeah, you try to get that ahead of time. Same with Bezos. His $23 million Washington, D.C. mansion is just about ready. Uh, Completion was initially scheduled for August, but it's been delayed uh, because they had to put a couple of things in. They have hot and, and cold running everything um and uh they have sh- they have shrimp fountains you know they have things like that that you don't have in a regular house shrimp, I, I a, shrimp <laughs> fountains? yeah yeah, yeah. i have a feeling that's not in the neighborhood i grew up in <laughs> they, no it's probably not your hometown or your home neighborhood in your hometown but uh yeah they have they have a they have, have giant shrimp cocktail fountains like you see at fancy weddings oh that's my dream yeah with yeah. the sauce yeah mean? with the sauce yeah they, which they change every five minutes <laughs> I like, yeah, the cocktail sauce. I, I also like that little mustard saucy thing they have, too. I don't know if he has that, but with his kind of money, he could certainly afford it. Uh, but the Bezos family, I don't know. Do you think they're going to do like a like a housewarming party where people bring gifts? No, and, it's probably like, please donate. And casseroles. Right. Please donate $10,000 to a charity of your choice. No, I don't name. think so. I think they're registered at Bed Bath & Beyond. <laughs> I think they're waiting for it. I mean, honestly, think of something Jeff Bezos might not have, a George Foreman grill. Washcloths. Okay, but can't he order it from Amazon? <laughs> you think, when do you think, I, I've said this before, I think, but when do you think Bezos could pick up the phone and go, I'm not sure what I want, give me everything? He could get those Amazon surprise boxes, then do those YouTube videos, which, you know, rack up millions of uh, viewers. Ugh. Bezos visited his uh, new home in D.C. Uh, just a couple weeks ago to see the final stages of construction. It's got 11 bad, uh, bedrooms and 25 bathrooms. 
So with 11 bedrooms and 25 bathrooms, I have to assume he's got a lot of friends with digestive issues. Yeah, I don't why? know why you would need 25 bathrooms. Why are there always so many bathrooms versus bedrooms? It's just so bizarre. Isn't that for resale value? I think really, really rich people no, don't want to share a toilet with well, anyone. Well, it's in a good school district as well. It's yeah, a good too. school, so that's helpful. Uh, the home was initially meant to be completed, as I said, in August, but construction workers said Bezos had demanded that parts of the project be finished in a different way and wanted things done fast, fast, fast. I, I don't know why Bezos couldn't demand that with the kind of money he has. Why couldn't he buy his own construction company? Um, but anyway, the house, uh, it looks beautiful, not surprisingly. And it's a big old brick thing in uh, D.C. And the uh, home was, uh, is, is going to be the uh, primary East Coast residence, uh, even more so than the New York and Florida places, Oprah, um, for Bezos and the uh, girlfriend. That's uh, Lauren Sanchez. After the late night uh, house party, he could just uh, you know tr- drive everybody over to the Amazon warehouse and let them go nuts and just pick out whatever they wanted so he'd say i'm not going to pay in cash but you get five minutes to take everything (laughs) you want from amazon it'll be like supermarket sweep but in the amazon warehouse the house has 1000 light fixtures jeez can you imagine if all the bulbs went at once and you had to go to home depot or lowe's so how much of a staff does he He probably has a house staff a butler it'll be like downton abbey no it's just him and lauren (laughs) that's why lauren freaks out whenever people come over because jeff won't help her pick up (laughs) we have to pick up and tidy up our 23 bathrooms and dust the 1000 light fixtures do you dust light fixtures? I don't know if you do or not. Uh, but at any rate, that's the new Bezos house in D.C. And, uh, yes, he's got more money than all of us. And, and it's fine. It's totally fine. So uh, it's coming up at 630. We'll do the headlines here in just a second. Then uh, Chuck Todd will join us. And we'll get an update on uh, his world. And how Chuck doesn't have an ulcer uh, is beyond me. Maybe he does. Maybe he's just got a big old bottle of Maalox that he keeps on him at all times. All right. Chuck Todd joins us now. The uh, longtime host of Meet the Pressed. Uh, Meet the Pressed. What show is Meet the Pressed? Uh, Meet the Press, uh, MTP Daily, the Chuck Todd cast. And, uh, Chuck, am I forgetting anything? Your resume gets longer and longer, you know. No, meet, meet the Press brought to you by Xanax, so apparently. Meet the Press. Okay. <laughs> you know, what are you doing there, man? Jesus. I mean, I know some in Washington get depressed, but, you know, I'm, I'm not depressed. I'm still I'm still on the Nationals high. It was only a week ago. Yeah, let's live so, on yeah, that for a know, while, you, still, you people in D.C. are still trying to revel in that. That's enjoyable. All right, at 638, what are people telling you this week? Behind the scenes, is it as bad as we think it is? Or, I mean, do you get, I'm just curious about this. When you get source calls, do you get freak out people or do you get the whispering types, the deep throat types, or a mix of both? Well, it's less calls and more texts these days, by the way, and the way things have changed. Right, right, right. You get, you know, you get the cryptic text that then leads to the phone call. Um, uh, on that stuff. But it is a, I think the one thing that has changed about the White House, though, that I've noticed in the last six months is the hand ringers are all gone at the White House. The ones that have remained and the ones that have stayed have basically accepted their, their, their fate. I don't know how else to put it. Meaning they're just, you know, they're, they're they're still frustrated by by the president not listening to them, but they sort of accept it now. They they're not frustrated enough to quit, right? So they've accepted that they're going to work there and they're going to make the best of it. And so, in this sense, this is why I think Trump feels more unfiltered because there's no guardrails left. 
I mean, I think John Bolton was the last guardrail. I mean, I think to a lesser extent that that Pompeo and Espers and and O'Brien are 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 guard rubber bands. I wouldn't say they're rails, but you know, they're 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 not gonna. I think let him do something totally crazy, but there is less restraint on him than ever, um, because in some ways, many in near him in the circle have just thrown up their hands, um, and if they don't have the guts to quit, they stick. So the people that we're speaking of here, is it more a feeling of the last people on the deck of the Titanic, somebody grab a fiddle, or, <laughs> or are they more confident than that? Um, most that are sober are just sort of like, you know, well, we were told he was out before, maybe maybe he'll pull a rabbit out of his hat. Um, but then there's real Kool-Aid drinkers, I mean, and legitimate ones who sit there, and, 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 and I do think the president, you know, I go back and forth on whether the president knows deep down how ridiculous this all is or has believed his own delusions. And I think the president is starting to believe his own delusional um, world, meaning like I think. And but in some cases, I don't blame him. You know, he's got a bunch of people telling him what's bad politics for yeah. him. And he's just there and says, all these people told me it was bad politics at 16 and I won. So when I say he's been deluded, you know, maybe. Others will say he's, you know, he's deluded because he won once and he won his way. And that is, I think, what has made restraining him impossible. Because anytime someone comes to him and says, President, you know, this is not playing well with women here, you know, or, or young people there, or African Americans there, and they say, you know, what do I care? You all told me that the last time. And I was, you know, and, and I think that that winning the way he won is impossible to restrain. You know, underestimating Trump has proved to be dangerous, but there's still folks who, you know, are coming to grips with who he is. Uh, this is a guy that's been in trouble uh, for most of his life. And by in trouble, I mean he's always backed into a corner, mostly of his own making. And because yeah, of that, he's always he's, running from something, but he always gets out. Well, that's my point. Yeah, he always, because he's had so much practice in getting out of that, he's better at it than the rest of us are. He is. Look. It used to be, though, he wasn't worth it. That's why he got away with it. Okay? I mean, I can tell you that, you know, like, ah, he's just a celebrity. He's just a reality show guy. He's just a casino owner. He's just a flamboyant billionaire. So if he lied, you know, if he was, you know, cheating here, cheating there, um, playing fast and loose, pay to play, things like that, the stakes seemed low. So there was... Something like, oh, I'm not going to tangle with Trump. It's too exhausting. And to what end? Right. Why do I want to go compete with him in the gossip columns of New York Post? Well, now he's president of the United States. Right. So now the stakes are high. I do think he has finally found um, he's finally found a trap he can't escape. But we'll see. And I and, and as you point out, because he's never been trapped yet, he certainly thinks he can get out of this one, too. Uh, our friend Pat Brady's here. Say hi to Chuck Town, Pat. Hey, Chuck. Hey, Chuck. How you hey, doing? Uh, hey, uh, if you want to give us your cell phone number, Steve and I can share a bunch of stupid texts with you. <laughs> that, 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 that's, that's awesome. I appreciate that. You know, it's what a random gift. text that but when when you get from the unrecognizable people. Right. right, um, right. And people just randomly find my phone number, and I, it's it's those are the real texts. Those, those are, are the real good TV. times. Okay, we're Hell yeah. we're a year out, Chuck. Uh, we talked about six months ago that this thing could come down to two things: who the Democrats nominate and three states. That still hold? I think it's who the Democrats nominate because 
I, I think it only comes down to three states if the Democrats nominate Warren, okay, or or, or, or someone in, in that side of the of the spectrum. Then it is going to come down to three or four states. Then you know, I'm I'm a I think I think the, of the three states he won in the Midwest, the one that I think he won't win under any circumstance now is Michigan. Like Michigan feels like it, that slipped away from him. But Pennsylvania and Wisconsin, I think, are still sort of the, those two are still legitimately, I think, uh, close. Uh, and I think Arizona, I'd sort of swap out with Michigan this time. It's sort of if you're going to narrow it down to three, that, that mindset, that that's where my head is at. But I, I say that if it's one. Um, I, I am increasingly skeptical that, that Trump can be as competitive with many of the other potential nominees. I think that there is a comfort level with suburban. I mean, if you look at what 2019 told us, what the election results on Tuesday, in some ways it just reaffirmed what we saw in 18. Right, which is the suburbs are fleeing the Republicans. Um, so the question is, which Democratic candidates, you know, would stop that bleeding for the Republicans? Right now, of the potential nominees, it's Sanders and Warren. Right, those two. So outside of those two, anybody, I think the anybody else gets this nomination, and I think it, it's it's I think it's a it's a slow slow bleed for Trump. I really do. The Bernie Sanders Elizabeth Warren piece of this, the war on the rich, um, to me always seems to come down to the same thing. It's not the rich, it's the code, right? I mean, the rich folks who can afford the good lawyers can always exploit the tax code if the tax code's poorly written. Mm -hmm. So the people who are complaining about the rich are the ones who can control whether the code has changed. And the reason why it's this up, it's the suburban upper middle class voter that, that, that is so sensitive on that. It's because they know that they're the ones that don't cheat on their tax. Right. So they're the ones that do have to pay the higher tax rate. And they resent the fact that, yeah, there's that, 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 hey, we're not the rich that's cheating. You know, the rich people that are cheating are above, and you're just going to write laws that they'll just duck around. Right. So, yeah, I think that that's where, where that, where the, where the sort of, where I don't think Warren and, 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 and Bernie appreciate that voter as much. Now, look, there are those that say, hey, you know, Warren doesn't want to win that way. She'd prefer to win with a coalition that's in agreement versus a, a broader coalition that makes it harder for her to push her agenda. So it, it, in some ways, I think she'd rather win narrowly in a, in a 49-47 type race, even though she won't have a, a Democratic Senate, um, I think, under that circumstance. I don't know how she governs, but 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 that's I think she she wants to I think she believes the only way to push the party long term is to do that. And she might not be wrong, but, you know, that's sort of the Barry Goldwater right mindset that that Reagan mindset, which is, you know, you push it. And over time, um, the public will catch up to your ideology. But I, I just don't know if she's got the charisma to, to carry that through. You worried at all about your your uh, Packers after that offensive display the other day? Because we're at this point in a I, position where we don't think the Bears are ever going to win again, ever. Well, look, I I, I, uh, I I have no idea what I'd be doing now if I were a Bears fan. I'd be going apoplectic. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole Mitch Trubisky thing is just you know you're like, are you kidding me? I, I didn't know that um, that, that uh, what was your quarterback before. The Pouty face guy, Pouty J, yes, Pouty J. Yeah, he always had the Pouty face, right? <laughs> he always had that. I, you know, and he's just going to haunt that team. Look, the Packers have me nervous. They had me. I that game that they they've been. I've been waiting for them to lay an egg, sadly, because they had won a couple of games they shouldn't have. So, in in some ways, that that 
that evened out. Um, I'll let you know after this weekend. I think if I like that Aaron Rodgers said that they all seem to stay out too late in L.A. <laughs> right. They all right. basically blamed it on partying. Um, and I'm like, come on, guys. You're, 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 you're the Packers. You're an elite team. You shouldn't be excited about visiting L.A. anymore. But apparently <laughs> right. they were. Let's go see if we can find a celebrity. <laughs> you're, what do you mean? It's your quarterback. He's probably more famous than most of the people in L.A. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, by the way, the Packers have the uh, Panthers uh, this weekend. Panthers, yeah. And the Lions uh, come here to play our uh, very sad, overhyped Chicago Bears. Uh, thank you, Chuck Todd. We'll see you on MTP Daily and meet the press. I hope so. Thanks, guys. All right, but And uh, the Chuck Toddcast. It's a great podcast, by the way. If you listen to podcasts, and you should check out the Chuck Toddcast. It's good stuff every week. The Amazon uh, uh, pre-Black Friday deals are out, and um, the Holiday Gift Guide 2019 CNET posted this. And, Viv, you can repost this for us. Uh, Amazon Fire HD8 tablets, uh, normally 80 bucks, 50 bucks. Uh, the kids' version um, is uh, normally 130. I don't know why it's so much more, but this kids' edition tablet is only 80 bucks now. Um, so they have a ton of deals on those. Uh, do you guys ever use the Kindle Paperwhite that that uh, reader that That's, the I words pop off the page? Yes, I use it all the time. 130 dollars normally. It's 85 bucks. I mean, the tech products go on and on and on and on. How about a Ring Indoor Camera 2-pack where you get two cameras for your Ring doorbell? 100 bucks. Wow. So that's a nice savings. Uh, if you prefer the Blink, it's 185 Um But it's not just tech. It's just about everything you could buy on Amazon. I mean, the heavy, the, you know, the, the heavy volume is on tech because that's the majority of the stuff. Uh, but we'll repost this story from CNET. And you can see all the Black Friday deals and uh, online. Dave, how much online shopping do you do for the holidays? Uh, you know, Karen does most of it. I don't I do not do a ton of it. I, I mean, she handles the kids and everything. So. Does, does Karen buy for herself? <laughs> oh, never. And then never. she buys for, herself for, and then, oh. buys for herself, and then you go, well, that was a nice thing I got you. Yes. Well, there might be a little of that. Yeah. Did yeah. you guys get your Amazon catalogs in the mail? Yeah, we did get one. That was interesting, wasn't it? I mean, now we got a cat, and I got a toy catalog, too. Well, that was that's what I saw, because I was going through the re- recycling stuff, and I'm like, wait a minute. Why do we get a toy catalog, and then it's Amazon? And yeah, it's okay. strange. No prices are in it, though. You have to... Go online, check them out. Um, I've not gotten the catalog. Why? I don't know. Would you like? I'm mine? a prime member. They got plenty <laughs> of my mine. money. I'll bring it in. It's it, they're very well made, and you know a lot of money. Boy, are they spending the money on those. Yeah, and most I, people are just going to throw them away. Exactly. You remember how exciting it used to be to get a catalog? Oh, the Sears catalog. That's where I got all my. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's probably <laughs> a good choice. reminder. I mean, you get so many junk emails probably from the Amazon book. that it's it's a good way to be like, hey. Holiday shopping right here. Yep. That's how G and uh, Vivian and Joe, that's how we used to do uh, our Christmas list. You would go through the Sears wish book mm-hmm. and then you would book. fold over the corner of the pages on the ones you wanted your mom and your dad to know that you wanted that stuff. Yeah, circle. Mm. Big Where circle do we send him? our list this year? Just hand it over to you? Well, now the list, of course, <laughs> you would text it uh, to your parents. <laughs> And I uh, hope that they're smart enough to be able to get it out uh, off their text. There's, there's, uh, I heard one person of uh, a certain age call it the text machine. Oh, really? Yeah, can you help me with a text machine? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, we'll get right on that. All right, we'll take a break. Come back, tell you what's coming up after 7. The Steve Cochran Show continues on 720 WGN. Chicago's very own WGN. 1877 cars for kids K-A-R-S cars for kids Donate your car today 1-877 cars for kids K-A-R-S cars for kids 1-877 cars for kids Donate your car today To learn more about our programs and to donate Go to CarsForKids.com. That's Cars with a K. Pickup is quick and easy. You'll also get a vacation voucher and maximum tax deduction. 1877 Cars for Kids. K A R S Cars for Kids. 1877 Cars for Kids. Donate your car today. Also accepting boats, motorcycles, RVs, and real estate donations. Steve Grzanich coming up from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. It's called jackpotting attacks. Criminals using malware or hardware to get an ATM to dispense cash. In regions including the U.S. and Latin America, those crimes have gone up in both areas, according to a recent investigation. A cyber gang stole $45 million bucks from ATMs around the world not long ago. It can happen to you, it can happen to me. Large-scale ATM hacking has mostly been an overseas criminal enterprise, but now the U.S. is a popular t- uh, target. Hey, look, there's a million ways to steal your identity. We talk about it all the time. That's why you need LifeLock. 1-800-LIFELOCK or LifeLock.com. Someone's identity is stolen every two seconds. You could miss certain identity threats if you're only monitoring your credit. I was paying like 20 bucks a month to have my credit monitored by some, you know, some guy probably named Phil sitting around going, well, you know, there it is. Now, LifeLock is active 24-7 all year round to make sure there's no problems. And I get alerts all the time saying, hey, Steve, just want to make sure it's you. And they're friendly about it. It's LifeLock. Hey, Steve, it's LifeLock. Just want to make sure this is you. And then you tell them it was or you tell them it wasn't. You go from there. Uh, They will help you when the things get tough, or they'll help you when you're just cruising through your life day to day, and they're going to watch your your money for you. We're all digital. We're all interconnected online, and unfortunately, so are the criminals. LifeLock can see threats you're going to miss on your own. Join now. Get an extra 10% off your first year by using the promo code LifeLock, 1-800-LIFELOCK, or LifeLock.com. That's 1-800-LIFELOCK or LifeLock.com. Use the promo code LifeLock for an extra 10% off. All right, Dave, cheap sports plug now. Hawks play win. Hawks play tonight against the Vancouver Canucks at the United Center. 7.30 game. We'll have the pregame at 7 o'clock with Chris Bowden and company. And uh, Hawks are home, and then they go to Pittsburgh. So, you know, it's like they're home for a night, but they're going to play uh, Pittsburgh, then home Sunday, and then two more on the road out west. And I'll be there Sunday night. Well, then. I mean, I'm not suiting up, Oh, but I'll be at the game. Uh, Coach Jeremy Carlton will be on with us this morning uh, at 840. And uh, there's a story, I think of Sun-Times, um, about the Hawks' uh, chip-and-chase um, habit they've gotten into, um, which is a pretty frustrating thing to watch. And chip-and-chase, for you people that are not necessarily hockey fans or just learning the game, is you uh, flip the puck down into the other team's end, and then you go chase it and try to get control of it and set up a play where you can score. Right. Um, hasn't proven to be also effective this far. But, yeah, basically at this point you have to limit the other team to less than 100 shots a game. That'll that would be, be a good start. 
Uh, and the Northwestern Wildcats play when? Uh, basketball tomorrow night here on WGN, 645, and then Saturday football at 1030. Here's what's coming up next hour. Pat Brady's already here. You heard Pat Bridget Gaynor is going to come in. We've got plenty of stuff to talk about there. Dean Richards will be on Moron Entertainment. M-O-R-E-O-N. Get up, get on up. Get up, get on up. Get up, get on up. Hi, good morning, and thank you for listening. You know, I probably don't say this enough, but thank you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and you, both of you. Hey, all of you. That looks like a carpool. I can see everybody. And uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for the support. 720 WGN, Steve Cochran Show. The Amazon catalog thing. A bunch of texters popped on this. 630, my Amazon catalog came in the mail addressed to the dog. I wonder if the dog's a Prime member. (laughs) Um, I gave mine to a little kid on my school bus. His mom said, thanks a lot. 815, my kids have been taking turns sleeping with the Amazon catalog. Sort of reminds me of uh, me and my brother fighting over the Sears wish book. Oh, this is cute. Yeah, it's a whole new tradition. Yeah. And the 630, my kids love the Amazon catalog because it came with stickers they can place on the toy they want. Oh, I didn't notice that. I got to look at it again. And I bet the stickers have some sort of secret code that as soon as they place them on the toy, it automatically orders them and it shows up at your house. Uh Mm. That's how they get you. Yeah. All right, speaking of ethics, Pat Brady joins us. Pat, what's the name of your company? Next Generation Strategies. Thank you. All right, let's start a different area. Let's start with the Lincoln Forum. Sure. Great. It's a great topic. So Lincoln Forum's topic of uh, du jour is what? Corruption. Then in the last several months, we've seen uh, people get indicted. We've seen search warrants be executed. We've seen state legislators be charged with bribery and leave. And the big buzz in the state and the city is uh, who and what's next. So Lincoln Forum, we're going to have an event uh, at a new west side location, appropriately named City Hall, 838 West Kinsey. And we're going to talk about a very serious subject, but have some fun with it. And the highlight of the evening for me is they have a special menu of drinks based on different crimes, like the kickback. Yeah. The payoff. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> And is there any better place in Chicago to have those? It's very smart. <laughs> Eight thirty eight West Kedzie, LincolnForum.org. What drink tastes like sweet revenge? <laughs> sweet revenge. There you go. That's yeah, another one. That's a good one. So here's the thing. Text question of the day. Name a drink after a Chicago scandal or someone's involved in it. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. You got a great drink name? Well, we'd like to hear it. Here's a couple from the actual menu. The flip flopper. <laughs> Give me the boot. Here's maybe my favorite uh, so far. Alderman's Choice. (laughs) There's also Royko's Revenge. The Last Boss. Feel the Burn, spelled like Jane Byrne. Uh, Let's see. There's a couple normal ones here. But look, there's plenty of room for yours. 312-981-7200. What would you name a Chicago Scandal drink after? I'll give you two free tickets and buy the drink. There you go. There's your prize. There you go. That's your prize for doing it. Thank you for that. All right, so Governor Pritzker came out yesterday. Governor Pritzker, by the way, is still invited on the show. Let's see. We're at 1483-1483 without him. Uh, but Governor Pritzker, you're invited here. Pritzker came out the other night at an event and said, listen, a lot of folks in our own party are guilty of this, and we're going to get them all. Yeah, he's in kind of a tough spot. In, in the House Republicans, Jim Durkin and Tom Demmer are going to roll out their ethics proposal uh, at about 10 o'clock this morning. I think there are going to be a lot of things that need to be changed. But the governor finally came out and said something. But it's really going to take a comprehensive ethics reform package to stop any of this. And I hope they focus on the conduct that actually happened in the most recent case where the state representative gets caught on a wire 
uh, paying off a state senator $2,500 a month for a piece of legislation. And that the issue there is not only is he a state legislator, he also lobbies uh, municipalities. So that's one of the reforms we need to probably get done is you can't be a lobbyist if you're an elected official. But we're going to see a lot of ethics reforms package, pr- packages proposed, and, and hopefully something will get done, done because as much as we make light of it, each bit of corruption costs taxpayers a lot of money. And the cynicism in this state, and I got plenty of it, um, about ethics ever being fixed is pretty deep. How do you fix it? Unless you have the governor of his own party saying, we're cleaning out the dirty Democrats. I think that the governor has a tremendous opportunity to show some leadership here and, and, and come up with a real comprehensive package. I know that might compromise some of the legislative agenda he has with some of the people this might affect, but I, th- I think he could really show some leadership here and set the state in the right direction. But back to the forum, the, the question now is, with all these investigations and the word on the street is there's many, many more, many, many more people are going to be wrapped up in this. Where are the feds going? Is this one big, fat RICO case, or is it just a bunch of individual knockoffs? We'll probably know in a few months, but this is as, probably as comprehensive as Graylord was 40 years ago. If there is a potential tie to Mike Madigan, even after all these years of being able to skirt it and make sure that nothing gets tied to him, would that be the last place the Democrats want to go because he controls so much of the legislative agenda? Yeah, he's a, he's a powerful person. Give him credit for accumulating that power. But now whether he's used it the right way or, or, or a way that truly benefits the state's another question. But people are naturally afraid or hesitant to, to take him on because he does wield a lot of power. He controls a lot of money, which is critical to politics he controls the legislative agenda and they're not to him yet i mean that's the buzz that everyone keeps talking about but uh, they're a long way from getting to him at least right now some great drink names coming in <laughs> i mean a <laughs> tremendous uh, list that we'll tell you about in just a second uh one person suggesting they should all be called the daily specials <laughs> d-a-l-e-y and uh at seven we'll get you a traffic update here at seven fifteen, actually and Mary Vandeveld will do that. We'll come back and tell you about some of the drink names that are coming out. We're looking for you to name drinks after a Chicago scandal. Any chance they'd put this on the menu? We come up with the right drink? I think we're going to have to put it on the menu. And you know what? If somebody wants to come up with some ingredients, too, that's the one I'll buy for you. <laughs> Dave? Uh, let me... Uh, <laughs> I got in traffic. I'll think about it. I, I got to tell you one. Gin and gerrymandering. <laughs> that's good. Oh, that's that's, good. that's right. really good. <laughs> Uh, back with uh, Pat Brady and uh, the rest of us, um, and Bridget Gannon will join us shortly at 7.20, Pat. Um, we have many, 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 many drink ideas coming in. Again, remind people why we're doing this. Uh, LincolnForum.org. We're doing an event on uh, corruption with Ben Bradley from WGN. going to narrate our narrate host, Marianne Ahern, uh, investigative reporter, Channel 5, uh, Dave McKinney, WBEZ, and uh, Rob Grant, the FBI agent who uh, took down Rod Bogoyevich. Um, I've met Rob Grant a few times. He is the uh, central casting FBI oh, agent. Yeah. And John Cass from the Chicago Tribune as well. But yeah, Rob, he's the one. Was that that Lincoln's rolling over in his grave? Yeah, and uh, just a square-jawed dude that looks like, okay, you broke the law. Now you're going to have to deal with me. Yeah, he's very so. good. All right, from the uh, textures, let me go through a few of these. Uh, the Silver Shovel. <laughs> You tell them it's made with Patron Silver tequila, but instead you use the cheap stuff and you pocket the skim. How about the Migs Field? The bartender makes it. When you're not looking, he takes it away. <laughs> Got a bunch of variations on this one The F Force from the 847. F and Golden. There's a lot of different variations on that. Uh, the Madigan Malort both suck. <laughs> 
Uh, the Van Dyke, 15 shots served with a bar rag so you can cover it up when you're done. Oh, my God. Uh, the Commissioner Knockout. The shh. It's the Mike Madigan no-talk drink. Uh, let's see here. A bunch of in honor of uh, Blagojevich. Uh, the effing deal is another one. Um, but you guys, I mean, honestly, tremendous. The Smollett Mind Eraser. <laughs> the Rom Job. Rum and Rom, or the Rom Bomb. Uh, the Migsfield Midnight Bulldozer. Um, the Golden Blago. Uh, the Greylord Goose. These are all fantastic. Those are good. How about the Embezzolini? <laughs> I mean, you can't. The Bagman and the Landed Tuna. That's from Allison at Oak Park. Uh, several variations on this. The Wiretap. There's a lot of those. Uh, the Greylord Gimlet. <clears throat> this one, it, uh, it might uh, ring close to you, Pat, because you were part of the story early. The Pritzker Toilet Destroyer. <laughs> I mentioned gin and gerrymandering. Uh, the Rom Bomb as well. And let's see if I can find one more here. Um. Oh, the Fast Eddie Fizz. There you go. That's just a small sample. Oh, the Jane Byrne Blizzard. <laughs> <laughs> the Jesse Smollett. Very expensive drink, but it ends up with no charges whatsoever. <laughs> Anything with Blago that'll put hair on your hands. <laughs> uh, the Silver Shovel, as I said, asleep at the wheel. That's very timely. Ooh. Very topical. Ooh. So, for more information on what you guys do at the Lincoln Forum, where do they go? LincolnForum.org. And thanks to Tracy at River Strategies for that drink idea. 312-981-7200 if you want to keep those going, texters. Wow, they're so smart, the listeners. Really smart. So clever. Really smart and really funny. Uh, at 723, uh, you picked this up from where you and Chuck Todd left it a while ago. Um, who the Democrats choose to run against Trump is key of the current field. If it's not Biden, who would it be? It appears right now that the Mayor Pete is the one that's uh, in the hunt. If you if you just kind of do the Bernie Elizabeth Warren wing is unelectable, it seems to be uh, Mayor Pete and Biden right now. I mean, it's a pretty much a dead heat in Iowa. You know how these primaries go. You, you build momentum coming out of Iowa, go to New Hampshire, down South Carolina. Don't know if he can sustain that, but that's where it appears to be right now. But it always changes after Iowa. Here's the big question. Is this country mature enough, fair enough, 2019 2020 enough to elect a gay man president forget about the experiencing because the experiencing is a very legitimate question yeah I, I the polls would tell you no that there's still 45 50 percent of the country is uncomfortable with it unfortunately but if you really watch him and, and listen to him he's a very well thought out very well spoken candidate one of the best ones i've seen in a long time but he's only 37 years old and his resume is he's mayor of south bend indiana and he's to be elected the leader of the free world that's a big jump so i think that's the question too but I, I agree with Chuck. Elizabeth Warren, and I'm a Republican. I'm not a Trump supporter, but I'm a Republican. There are people that are looking for someone to vote for besides Trump, but we're not going to vote for somebody that's going to take away uh, health and private health insurance for 150 million Americans. Well, the problem when you say Medicaid for all, as in you don't have a, a, a choice, um, that's the problem. This country is built on having a choice. Um, Plus and- the price tag. Yeah, and the price tag, because there's no way to do it. The math doesn't work without a middle tax uh, tax increase. And the Democrats, middle, middle if you just look at the history, they, they elect a Northeastern liberal t- to run against maybe even a weak Republican, and they lose because they, they're they way far out of step with where the country really is. 
What happens if Trump uh, is impeached? Does it affect his standing, or does that thirty to forty percent never go anywhere? If Trump's impeached, not I'm not not thrown out of office because I don't see any scenario where that happens. Well, like you say, you point out impeachment is just a vote in the House. Basically, uh, to use a criminal law analogy, you're just being indicted. You're, you go to the Senate to be convicted, and if they're not going to get twenty votes from Republican senators to convict him, so. I'm not sure if anybody's gamed this out. I think it does harm him, but if he is, quote-unquote, acquitted in the Senate, to me, that's another talking point how this whole thing's been a witch hunt, and he's a victim. Somebody said, forget about experience, uh, consider the current job holder. Yeah, Trump had no experience at this level, and um, depending on where you look at this, uh, that's going to determine your viewpoint of anybody else who doesn't have experience. But what about a Biden uh, Buttigieg ticket, the old guy and the young guy? Um, I think that an old guy, and this is not an apples-to-apples comparison, but when McCain picked Sarah Palin, the issue was you're a heartbeat away from being president, and she didn't even know what the New York Times was. So it was Buttigieg is not in that category, but still, he's, I mean, Mayor of South Bend is a long way from being president of the United States, regardless of how, how sharp or impressive he is. I would think he's going to need probably a woman and some diversity on that ticket. But aren't you describing the central problem the Democrats have? And I have to give you credit because you're the first person to say this. You said it six months ago, longer than that. It's not about Trump. It's about who the Democrats pick. Um, as much as I uh, uh, like Joe Biden and and uh, and like his experience, like uh, like what he stands for, like who he is, uh, he's not the guy he used to be. None of us are, but in the position he's in, he's got to be better than the guy he used to be. Yeah, he's been running for president since 1988, and each campaign he's had the same problems. He's he's, he's prone to making gaffes. He, he makes a lot of missteps. And he is a very likable guy and an experienced guy, and contrary to what a lot of Republicans will say about him, he's probably one of the most experienced foreign policy people in the country. He, he's certainly qualified to be president, but he isn't what he used to be. And what he used to be wasn't even that great of a candidate, as good as a person as I think he is. So I do think that Trump, or excuse me, Biden would beat Trump right now probably fairly handily. But if if they go far left, then it comes down to the four or five states that Chuck was talking about, and they're all around here. Uh, the uh, texters continue to uh, chime in with the uh, names of drinks for the uh, big Lincoln Forum event. Uh, the Balandic. It's an alcoholic snow cone. That's hardcore. <laughs> that is hardcore. Uh, the Brandy Madagander. <laughs> the Seat for Sale Ale. Ah, that's good. Uh, Capone and Patron. <laughs> uh, the Big Skim. The Hot Roddy. Uh, the Ronner Special. I'm not paying the bill. Uh, the Family Secret. Nobody Knows the Recipe. And this one. The Kim Fox Shot. It's always available. <laughs> So there you go, kids. They're out there, and they're available. And what are you giving away for this? I'll give you two tickets to the event, and uh, I will buy one of the drinks off the menu, or we can create one that uh, the winner will. Uh, Dave will tell me how to mix a drink. We can come up with a good one, right? Yeah, as if. <laughs> you need my help. But the naming. We can name it, Dave. You're going to have to be the guy, the chemist, that actually puts it all together. I, that's not my forte. <laughs> you're, 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 the, the part you're good at is the other end? The drinking part? No, I I was gonna say I'll I'll help Pat with the formula, but I'm not. Dave is really putting his foot down. Haven't you done one of those celebrity bartender things? Years ago, and I was terrible at it. Yeah, me too. I can't operate under pressure like that, Steve. <laughs> I did a celebrity bartender thing, and I don't remember where. And I was so bad at it, all the drinks I made got returned. 
<laughs> and it was a charity event. So, uh, coming up on 7.30, we get your headlines in just a second. Bridget Gator will join us as well. More with Pat Brady. More with you guys on the text line. 312-981-7200 uh, is the number. Um, and also, later on this morning, we'll continue with Adoption Awareness Month. Well, let it be us. Uh, folks have uh, provided us with a list of great guests all week. An adoptive parent, a recruiter, an adoption coach will be in. Um, along with the uh, co-founder, or the founder, I should say, of the organization, Susan McConnell. And uh, we'll get some good information on that for those of you who are considering foster care and adoption. Uh, and we certainly hope you are. Sixteen to 18,000 kids in Illinois need a home, need somebody to love them, and uh, that could be you. The woman we had in yesterday, by the way, G, was amazing. Uh, unbelievable. One year ago, she and her husband were hoping to have a child. They went through in vitro once. She said, I don't want to do it again. Mm-hmm. They now have three children. Mm-hmm. Three kids. All from the same family, I believe, right? Brothers and sisters? Um, well, yeah. The two, first two the, were? The first two were brother and sister and then an infant. Yeah, yeah. And they say they're not done. So two two people with busy careers. And point being, anybody can do it. Uh, so more on that later on in the program. Bridget Gaynor joins us now on her birthday. Happy birthday to you. If uh, you really want a present, I'll stop singing. <laughs> That's right. Thank yeah. you. Happy birthday. Thank you. And uh, were you on the show last year on your birthday? Because I, I feel like so. I didn't no, get I you out of town. I was out of town. Oh. Yeah, I wasn't on the show last year on my birthday. Well, um, you so know, clearly things are moving in the right direction, is I think what we can say about that. Well, we were going to get you uh, some sort of uh, celebratory adult beverage, um, <laughs> but uh, we right. weren't able to access the bar this I early know. in the morning. I did. At the coffee run, I did have other choices, but they weren't. Well, she does have to, to go to work for the full day. Well, it's her birthday. God knows that doesn't get in the way there. <laughs> but uh, Pat is doing an event with a Lincoln Forum at what place? Called the City Hall, 838 West Kinsey. Is that We're good. tonight? No, next, uh, the, the 18th, it's a corruption event. We've got all the big investigative reporters. I don't know anything reporters. about that. No, so no, no. It's just it's a discussion. It's not an accusation yeah. thing. But. <laughs> but the City Hall cocktail menu has a lot of very entertaining named drinks. None as good as the one the listeners have chimed in with this morning. <laughs> the Gainer? Uh, the, fast, <laughs> the Fast Eddie. Uh, the Voter 2 for 1. Shoebox Sangrita. How about Potty Toddy? Not a hot toddy, a potty toddy. <laughs> Ice Eddie and Ice Burke are both in here. The Pritzker Flushy. I told you about the Kim Fox shot. It's always for sale. <laughs> so they're all here. Uh, so, you know, uh, how about the Pina Picasso? That's in here as well. The Silver Shovel, it says from the 847, is such an old scandal. The appropriate drink for it should be a rusty nail. Nice. <laughs> Um, and this one's good. You know, for those who don't really like to have that big kick in the teeth, um, a wine pritzker. <laughs> oh, that is brilliant. Is it good? Right? Yes. Come on. on our A game this morning. Come wow, on. Wow, the listeners are on it. Uh, let's talk about Eddie Johnson. Um, I have made it very public. I like Eddie Johnson. I think he's done a terrific job in very difficult circumstances. It appears that he is stepping down and stepping away. Um, the Chicago PD rank and file uh, has made their uh, opinions in the past very public about who they like and who they don't like. Where's it going to go? You know, the big debate always is, do you bring someone from the outside? Do you raise someone in from the ranks? And in Chicago, you know, I think only Jody Weiss in the last, what, 25 years? Or in my memory, has been the only guy from the outside. He was FBI. FBI. and um, Maybe outside the police force. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 not from here. 
you know, and so... Oh, our Philadelphia guy. Um, I ran for mayor. Why am I spacing? No, McCarthy. Oh, yeah. And McCarthy. Oh, He's God. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Duh. New yeah. York. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, that's a dilemma. There's, there's one thing that says, like, look, you really have to understand the neighborhoods. You have to know people. You have to know how that works. And the other part is to say policing is a profession. And like any profession, it has expertise. And that expertise is transferable. And so... I think that there's a, a, maybe even a third choice, which would be almost an administrative reformer mm. that really isn't law enforcement, but has the reform mind which like summerdale from back in the day yeah it, so I, well, I, for the I, sake like, of, I think you need a police officer to to, to, to but for the, the sake police. of public trust is there more credibility in bringing in this guy from la or bringing in somebody from outside who doesn't have ties to the chicago police department right now I mean, have you been to L.A. lately? It's yeah, but I'm not saying, <laughs> it's not a great example. We of, can't compare and contrast, though, right? Yeah. yeah, their police department is very well thought of, and they have, um, you know, they've made a lot of reforms that that people who are in that world think really highly of. Um, Having said that, though, I mean, you know, it's in Chicago. You should know Chicago. I'm not saying you can't be good at your job unless you're from here. I didn't grow up in Chicago, and uh, the city. Well, there is, are people who say that you're not good at your job. So I mean, like I don't know if you're of, helping yourself. Most here. of them employ me, uh, <laughs> or but, live with you. <laughs> but there's that. But the fact of the matter is, um, uh, there is a benefit to being one of their own. So I think both sides have an argument here. The knowledge base. The knowledge base is a great argument. Having said that, there's lots of guys who are still going to be in the police department in executive leadership who are from here and who do know it. I mean, the the thing for me that was always relevant, and this is the same for political leaders, is who's your network of people that are actually telling you the truth about what's happening? Who's going to pick up the phone and say, like, listen, y- you have to know that this is going on, and, th- you know, it you get it's easy to get isolated in any position of sure. power, and when you're not, when you don't have a network of people that are your trusted allies, I think that can be tough. And you, you know, saw Gary McCarthy brought in all these guys from outside, and they surrounded him, and I think it creates a silo. Just for a high-level talking point on this, I, I, I hope we can get back to a point where instead of every second we talk about CPD, it's about reform like it's some big screwed-up enterprise and they're all bad actors. Right, which is not the Most case. of these police officers are very good, yeah. hard-working people Amen. just trying to do the right thing. So if they're going to bring a reformer in, let's not make the officers the object of uh, all the bad talk, because I, I do think they're good police, a lot of good police officers. I think there's a bigger question here, too, and that is, how do you police in the current world we live in where everybody believes they're entitled to every bit of information and everybody's judged mental the minute they see anything without knowing the full story it's tough and it's also i think it's tough when you have murders that are committed and witnesses and for good reasons won't cooperate i think that's a lot of the problem and, and that's a bigger problem than just the the police but i think that's an issue they bump up against every day well i think there's it's like a lot of situations in which technology has somehow in, a, in some ways gotten ahead of our ability to to deal with it because mm-hmm. The video cameras, the body cameras are important. The people's ability to video obviously brings, you know, truth to light. On the other hand, it can create a skewed view of reality. And, you know, every transparency is important. The question is, what's the balance between being able to do their job and, you know, feeling like you're constantly under someone willing to accuse you of something? It must be incredibly stressful. I wish that everybody who's ready to throw a cop under the bus would be able to do a ride along for about 12 hours or one shift with a cop and see what cops stand down from. The abuse that cops take every minute of every day when they're out walking a beat is unbelievable and this stuff they don't act on the stuff you would go guy ever said that to me and punch him right in the mouth well nobody gets credit for the stuff that didn't go bad yeah, because exactly. you acted that way because yeah, there's yeah. no way to catalog it and so it you know that's that's the tough part 
It's a very difficult job. And by the way, it's a dirty job. It's a dirty job. It doesn't just apply to some rule book where somebody can write down on paper, this is how you act, and this is how you handle every situation. Life doesn't work that way, and certainly being a cop doesn't work that way. I'm not advocating cops break the rules for the sake of breaking the rules, but there's things to do in regards to keeping the rest of us safe that aren't going to look pretty sometimes. Well, and this is where I, Bridget and I are going to disagree. On some of the reforms we're seeing now about we need to let people out, and there's too many people in jail because... A lot of these crimes aren't crimes. Yeah, there are crimes, and these people need to be prosecuted and sent to the penitentiary. And I think right now we're on the right, especially this state's attorney, Kim Fox, is on the wrong side of the pendulum on how to handle crime. And it's not being lighter on criminals. I get the low-level drug offenders, and I agree with that. But you know, you got you got to be tough on criminals because there are a lot of bad people that are killing people that need to be sent to the penitentiary forever. Yeah, I don't know that it's prison reform as much as it's judicial reform. Let's get it right on who we send to jail and for how long, well, and let's and keep them there. It, it's part of it is in the uh, the state's attorney is, is part of the executive branch. And, and I went. I remember a year ago I went to a deal that she did uh, with a was her. It was a federal public defender and the public defender. And I wanted to raise my hand and go, is there a prosecutor at the table? I mean, there is a role for the prosecutor to put these people in the penitentiary. And the people of the city are, are entitled to be represented in court because these people commit bad crimes. Not spend all day being a social service agency and talking about how we're going to get fewer people prosecuted. They're bad people. They need to go to jail. I'm going to come back uh, with a feature that we like to call uh, Impeachment Corner. Um, give you an update on uh, what's going on in D.C. Uh, and uh, who is trying to run to the nearest light that appears to be a camera today at 746. Oh, a, bi- a bipartisan activity. Oh, totally. Know. Absolutely. Uh, Super Joe, do you have that Lindsey Graham clip when we come back? I do. All right. You're not going to believe Lindsey Graham's latest statement. Well, I'll play it for you when we come back. How about the Daily Double? You buy one shot, go to O'Hare, and pay double what you paid for the first shot. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, drink ideas continue to come in. The Dibs Martini, uh, the Frosty Rosty. <laughs> uh, they come in again and again and again. Here's a few more. The Chicago River made with Wirral Chicago River water. <laughs> The Wet Willie, a shot and $100 back. The St. Valentine, you must drink 100 shots. Very, very nice. The Pension Double Shot. Uh, the Shakedown, it's shaken and not stirred. And then nobody talks about it after you drink it. I got I got one here for you. Uh-huh. How about the Ghost Payroller? With, oh, uh, fantastic. Vodka and uh, liqueur and maybe a little bit of cream. <laughs> uh, the Dibs Martini. Uh, oh, this is uh, interesting. Uh, somebody suggests two separate, but you can mix them together. The screw and the briber. Uh, the double shot of pension I mentioned, the Capone special. Uh, it goes on and on. There's nothing with wires in it? Because I, I was at the Cook County Democratic Party event the other night, and you know, you, you're in this moment where you think, is half the room wearing a wire, and is the other half right. the room wondering who's right. wearing a wire? Right. You've heard about my burner phone business, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. Instead of the food truck, it's a burner phone truck. It's down right in Springfield. Outside, yeah. outside Springfield. Yeah, and City Hall. There's one at City Hall, oh, too. I franchise yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I, I like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, all right, so uh, here's where we think we are with uh, the impeachment situation. Uh, the Democrats continue to try to explain why they're executing their constitutional duties, and they look like they are clueless. <laughs> Meanwhile... Lindsey Graham, one of President Trump's primary defenders yesterday, came up with an all-new... I, 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 listen, you can't make it up, listen. 
I find the whole process to be a sham, and I'm not going to legitimize it. Chairman, what changed your mind? You told Agnes that you were willing to be open to hearing about yeah, But you, you didn't get the whole thing. If you can show me there's a criminal misconduct here, this is a joke. I've read the phone call for myself. The president of the Ukraine said there's no quid pro quo. It never ends. What changed my mind is when Schiff came up with a process that's vastly different than what every other president was allowed to do when it came to defending themselves. I think the whole thing is a sour grapes and, uh, you know, politically driven. This is the first time anybody's ever been impeached by a partisan. The last time we did this, it was with special counsels. But as should a juror, shouldn't you be involved? I'm not a juror here. Well, eventually, you might be. Yeah, I might be. Aren't I just telling you, just as honestly, as I think the whole thing's a crock? If Mueller had found something, it would have been completely different because I trusted Mueller. I've looked at the phone call. I don't care what Sunderland presumes. Show me where there's a quid pro quo. The president of the Ukraine says there was not. I've seen no evidence there was. The whole thing is manufactured. It's never ending. So if you send it over here based on the phone call, it's going nowhere. I've done everything but take an ad out in the paper. This whole theory of impeachment, the process, is illegitimate. It's outside the norm. This substance I find unpersuasive. Are you kidding me? That doesn't have the clip in it that I've been hyping for the last 10 minutes. That the part that we'll find for you is where he talks about the administration is too incompetent to commit this kind of crime. But I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, well, and- as Pat and I were just talking about it, there was a old lobbyist at, down in Springfield named Bill Looking who I, you know, said many, many, many smart things to me over the course of time, me and many other people. And one of his biggest quotes was, look, honey, it's barely it's rarely the vast conspiracy. It's mostly just people being idiots. So. Listen, you guys know uh, the folks in Washington and the folks in Springfield. Uh, You don't want to run IQ tests on the people that you've elected. Uh, You really don't. The thing is, he's getting uh, Senator Graham's getting a little risky. He's supposed to be an impartial juror in this, and he's already formulated an opinion based on the fact that he read the transcript. And Wednesday, they're going to roll out all these guys that say there actually there was a quid pro quo, and it's not even a close call. I think they're, they're smartly, the Democrats finally are focusing on keeping it simple, and they're going to focus just on that issue. So I, I don't know what his long-term political play is. Maybe he wants to be Secretary of State or something, but um, he's from a, he, he needs the Republicans to win, and he's going to play games with the president. But I wish he'd just be a little more impartial on what he's doing because he's supposed to be a juror. The uh, idea that uh, this is, continues to be a process argument as opposed to the alleged uh, uh, misdeeds the president may have committed. How do the Democrats, if they can... Hello, world. Well, the Democrats are going to start singing. How do the Democrats, if they can, uh, be better at messaging? Because their messaging now is confusing at best. I think they took a, a good <clears throat> first step with the person they have actually running the investigation uh, in these... Secret meetings is a former federal prosecutor from New York who's handled big organized crime cases, and I think they have gotten the messaging better. But to me, and Bridget probably has a better idea, he's not going to get convicted in the Senate. There are not going to be 20 Republicans that flip. So what's the end game in March or April? The president's going to say, I'm acquitted. I was acquitted, and it was a witch hunt. But you've got to finish it now. Yeah. You're in. So is it better to finish it quickly, uh, knowing the outcome, or to let it stretch? It's better to, look... It's better to do it right, obviously. Everyone can count votes. So there's two things that are just facts. Fact number one, there was enough evidence that 
the speaker could not ignore the the need to do an investigation. So they move forward with impeachment. They're going to lay out their people and they're going to take a vote. It's going to go by party line vote. Unfortunately, it is what it is. They'll vote that way in the House. It goes to the Senate. They're not going to be able to pull enough Republicans in. Either it won't be convincing or it will just be too politically costly. And then it'll be done. And then the country has got to, people will make their decision in in the next election. And giving him this as a talking point isn't necessarily helpful. And it's a huge distraction because the next presidential election should be based on health care and taxes and the economy and jobs and a whole bunch of things that are that we can make a decision between. I agree, but as a lifelong Republican, it still it bothers me that the President of the United States and the evidence is, is clear now what he did. There was a quid pro quo. And you can have an agreement or disagreement on whether or not that's proper, but the United States Senate is going to, the Republican side is going to sanction that behavior as being okay as Commander-in-Chief and the implications going long-term for the country and how the Commander-in-Chief can be held accountable. It's, it's, it's a big change. If Donnie Jr. gave up the whistleblower's name yesterday, is he in legal trouble? You know, I, I know it's it's illegal to do that. I don't think he's in any any trouble. <laughs> That's the amazing thing. We got a break, but we come back. People don't show up for subpoenas. People break the law. But as long as you're in Washington or connected, this is why people are cynical. Nobody gets in trouble. Uh, news next. All right. So here's the clip I was talking about. Lindsey Graham. Throw your headphones on there for a second, kids. Before we get to Dean. Uh, Lindsey Graham yesterday on his new take on the Trump impeachment mess. I've read the transcript for myself. I made up my own mind. Volker, the special envoy, said there was no quid pro quo. Sunderland has changed his testimony to say he presumes there was. What I can tell you about the Trump policy toward the Ukraine, it was incoherent. It depends on who you talk to. They seem to be incapable of forming a quid pro quo. So, no, I find the whole process to be a sham, and I'm not going to legitimize it. The Trump policies foreign policy was incoherent they couldn't form a quid pro quo that's it you can't make it up uh, uh pat plug the uh, lincoln form again lincolnform.org uh november 18th at appropriately city hall been uh, moderated by ben bradley john cast from chicago tribune dave mckinney from wbez marianne ahern from channel five nice and rob grant former special agent in charge in chicago who took down rod bogoyevich um, late entries, the Ryan, a shot, a beer, and a CDL license. <laughs> it's a funny audience, man. I'm telling you. And uh, you're going to, uh, oh, late entry, quid pro and coke. Um, you're going to go through these and pick a winner or two, if you like, and then you'll contact these I ones. will, but i got to tell you, as a Republican, I'm going with the Ryan and the, the driver's license, the last one. I think that uh, oh, that's, your that, that's my choice. I want to be not partisan. I like that one. All right. Well, you can have that one and then give uh, one other pair away. Okay. All right. Uh, Bridget, it's your birthday. Are you leaving us? I got a minute. All right. Hang on. I could go, too. It's up to you. All right. Stand, around, uh, stand by, because here comes Dean. Ladies and gentlemen, Dean Richards joins us from Channel 9. Citizens of the world. Some of the world's greatest entertainers are here tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present to you... And tonight, guess what? It's going to be Dean. Yeah, Dean Richards live at Channel 9. Good morning, Dean. Good morning, everybody. Bridget Gaynor's birthday like today. A, oh, really? It's Robin Baumgarten's birthday today, too. Yeah, they're getting together later. <laughs> it's a big birthday meeting. Southside birthday day. Absolutely. Uh, big, big Southside birthday day. How are you, Dean? I'm fine. I'm fine. We're getting ready for the big show on Sunday out of Tree Time in Lake Barrington. 
Tell everybody what that's going to be. How's it happening? What's happening? That's going to be what's uh, happening? from uh, 9 to 1 uh, at uh, Tree Time Christmas Tree Creations, 22102 Pepper Road in Lake Barrington. And uh, we've got the whole gang out there, the whole Sunday morning crew. We've got music and fun and uh, all kinds of things. Free, free stuff we're going to give away. And uh, Tree Time is going to be offering a 15% off of everything in the store. Uh, during the time that we're on the air, so and uh, speaking of that, that free stuff thing—a certificate for a desktop pre-lit sports-themed artificial tree from uh, Christ- uh, Tree Time Christmas Creations, right now in Lake Barrington. Seventh caller is a winner. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. Seventh yeah. caller, a yeah, winner now. Yeah, yeah. rip him off for the gift, man. That's what I'm talking about. Chris Brown's having a yard sale. I had one already. All right, we'll talk about that coming up. The rapper Ti uh, has an interesting issue on his mind. Uh, James, <laughs> wow, that's polite. Yeah, I don't know how else to put it. Uh, he's checking, he's checking his daughter's. Uh, don't say it. it. It's a tease in a lot of ways. Uh, and uh, James Dean is back from the dead, right? And speaking of the dead, Michael Jackson maybe having an auction. We got yeah. a lot of uh, celebrities who need money. Apparently, we have people. You know, everybody needs a little extra cash. And we're also looking for names of, uh, even though we've technically closed the entries, Dean, uh, during this break, you can try to consider it a uh, scandal named drink that can be added to the menu for the next Lincoln Forum appearance. That's nice. Uh, Teachers and Tonic and the Pay to Park Pacific Breeze are already taken. I like Teachers and Tonic. (laughs) Uh, We'll come back with Dean. You'll be calling his name. Oh, 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 oh. Dean Richard, the entertainment editor. All right, back to Dana Channel 9, and uh, tell Robin happy birthday from us as well. Give her a big kiss for you? Yeah, absolutely. Sloppy as well, if you would. Um, You know how she likes it when I sneak up behind her and do that, Um, especially when you guys are on. Tongue in the ear. Totally. Uh, Michael Jackson auction. Uh, and I saw something about the dead celebrities' money the other day. He's still making a bunch. He's one of the top dead celebrity earners. Right. Uh, He and Elvis... Uh, still raking in the bucks. So uh, why is he having an auction? Well, his uh, this uh, these were personal effects uh, from his uh, one-time manager Frank DeLeo, who has put up a, a lot of uh, stuff and decided to sell some of it. Like, for example, the socks that he wore during the famous Motown 25th anniversary special, right? Where he first introduced the moonwalk. Those glittery, it's like sequin-covered uh, socks. Uh, are uh, being put up for auction. These are the ones that he actually wore on this event. Uh, the starting bid on these socks are $100,000. And they're thinking... So that's $50,000 per sock? That's yeah. $50,000 $50, per sequined sock. Have they been washed? Uh, they they look really worn. Oh. <laughs> so I don't... I, how do you wash a sock that's got sequins all over it anyway? By hand. Send them to the dry cleaners? I don't know. Will well, light. I don't know. Maybe ask Larry. He wears a lot of sequins, socks. Huh? <laughs> he wears a lot of sequins, period. That's a good call. Um, so uh, they're expecting to get $2 million for these sequin socks. That seems high. Um, Chris Brown's having a yard sale. Chris, celebrities need money. Yeah. Chris Brown had a yard sale at his house yesterday, uh, his house in uh, Southern California. He puts, he puts a notice up on Instagram that he's uh, going to be and puts his home address out uh, on it. Uh, and people were li- lined up overnight to get in line uh, to buy things from his uh, personal collection. Uh, and uh, he said he's going to donate some of the money to charity. 
the rapper T.I. and his daughter. This is a well, you tell him. <laughs> no, you tell him. No, you tell him. <laughs> I'll be over here. So, so rapper, rapper T.I. has uh, a daughter who's uh, she's about uh, 20 years old now. Uh-huh. No, she's uh, actually she's 18. Okay. 18 years old, and uh, he just wants to make sure that she uh, remains. Uh, a virgin until she gets married. So, <laughs> and yet on Bridget's birthday, she has to listen to this. So that was he, just a heavy sigh. He I don't know. Says if nonsense. He claims that he takes her to the gynecologist uh, every year uh, to have her checked to make sure that she is still a virgin. How, you, know, how, you know what a teenage girl likes more is an unnecessary pelvic exam. <laughs> To make her dad feel more with like father, a man. With her father. So he's basically saying, like, my manhood is important to me, and I have to make sure that you go through this invasive thing with a stranger I so I feel good about myself. I can't understand what the most offensive part of this is. One, that he did it. Two, that he's telling it. Three, that I'm retelling it. Uh, you know, There's it's all that. bad. It's all bad. Also, the entire science behind decide, you know, determining whether a woman is a virgin is completely dubious and like it's not very accurate anyway. So it's just all of it's wrong on so many levels. Well, it's, it, they, look, it, they it, describe it, they describe and this was in a podcast where he disclosed this uh, in great detail. Believe me, I've please don't. I have no, I've cleaned it up. Than, yeah, you cleaned it up. No question. It up. What is this? The Handmaid's Tale? But exactly. He, yeah, he he fully he fully explains how he has her checked. Is he taking the heat on this? Big time. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. Well, as, as Pat and I could probably tell you, as any as any good Catholic who grew up maybe a generation ago, there's lots of ways to to you know define it, virginity, and I, there's I, lots of ways to get around it. So if I you got, don't think that there was lots of people saying things like, you might not be so pleased if you found out your young daughter was engaging in, but you're like, ah, no big deal. Still a virgin. A special dispensation. I got mine back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they say after five Lack years. Lack of use? Yeah, five <laughs> years. You get it is it like an annulment? No, it's like, like a, if you go through Secretary a, of State sends it to you after like a certain amount of time. Right. Yeah, it's, like a, it's like a good driving uh, citation. <laughs> Jesse White. <laughs> uh, what's going on with James Dean? I thought he was dead, too. He has been dead since 1955. I, I don't know. Are you sure? He was... Pretty sure. This is the most bizarre report. Uh, yeah, you, you got know, a lot of dead in here. Moron has never been more poignant than uh, it is today with the, the report that we've got. Uh, yeah, so he got killed in a car accident in 1955. was only 24 years old. Made uh, movies like East of Eden, Rebel Without a Cause, Giant. Uh, but it lives on in, uh, you know, as like one of the most iconic figures in motion pictures ever. So someone is making a, a Vietnam movie uh, next year. A movie about the uh, the war in Vietnam, and they've decided to bring back James Dean in this movie digitally, uh, put him back in the movie again uh, with his likeness. You know they have the technology to do stuff like this now. It's it's not that unusual. Somebody else will do his voice, but James Dean will be digitally starring in this movie that's going to be called Finding Jack. It's going to be coming out uh, Veterans Day of next year. Do we need that? You think or? Don't think we do. And who gets the residuals from that? His family, James Dean's family, mm. uh, the estate, and the people that remember the, James Dean um, really don't care about digital recreations, do they? Um, 
I don't know. I mean, may, maybe super fans. Super fans seem to like the, you know when they've done this with Michael Jackson and these uh, creepy hologram shows that, mm-hmm. that they take around the country, where they've uh, brought back Tupac Shakur and uh, I forget some of the other ones, where they bring them back through holograms. I think the whole thing's creepy, and I, I don't the holograms especially, but. Uh, I don't even know why you would want to do this. I don't either, but I have struck a deal with someone to do that for you and I when we're gone, uh, to bring us back to do nice. a Moron Entertainment segment. Nice to know that Moron Entertainment will live on in, per, in per, Gotta be perpetuity. Um, all right, did you come up with a drink name? Uh, did I come up with a drink name? Yeah, how about name? the Northerly Island Iced Tea? Oh, that's Not nice. bad, right? And the damn Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, all of them are out there. And the mixed field one you were mentioning, Pat, is uh, they slip you a shot and they take it away when you're not looking in the middle of the night. Midnight. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Dean Richards. See ya. Talk to you later. Dean Richards. We'll come back and say goodbye to these guys, too, and let Bridget go celebrate her birthday at work where she's going to get sideways. <laughs> 827. We'll say goodbye to Pat Brady and Bridget Gainer here. Pat, where do you work again? Next Generation Strategies. And happy birthday, Bridget. Thank you. Thank you. Looking forward to it. Um, yeah, because why not? Why not have a good one? Absolutely. Why not have a great birthday? I know. Well, I'm going out to dinner tonight with my kids, so that's good. I'm excited. It's a nice thing. Well, Big yep. surprise. You want to go out right now? <laughs> it's 8.30. Yeah, it's 8.30 My daughter somewhere. planned the whole thing, so I give her a ton of credit. She's, you know, I think she's she's definitely very thoughtful and has put a lot of thought into it, so I'm grateful and, for that. Oh, that's very nice. And uh, the rest of your weekend, because I always make fun of how slow your weekends are? So, well, tomorrow night I'm seeing The Irishman, which I cannot wait. The Where movie. are you seeing that? Uh, landmark. Yeah. I have extra tickets. You want to come? I don't care. You I should. Seven thirty. Yeah. <laughs> so, so and then Wait, Saturday night. You have night. extra tickets. What are you scalping? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say how much they were. I just okay. said they were extra. No, and then Saturday night, Misericordia is having their big uh, gala event. So we'll be at the Hilton. Um, I'm taking my mom, and we're going into Misericordia event, which is always fabulous because they're fabulous, and so they are amazing. Sure, they are amazing, and yeah, so it's good. So you know. I'm looking forward to it. It'll and be Sunday, awesome. nothing? Oh, my God. What did I, I... I can't believe I didn't say it. Saturday is the Young Feminist Conference. So, as you guys know, I work with all these young girls, and we have been planning for the last year with all these girls from high schools all over the city uh, to do this conference. And they it's all they planned the entire thing. They've invited all of these cool people that, of course, are way too hip for me to have ever heard of them in advance. Mm-hmm. But there's incredible speakers, a lot of young women from around the country and not-so-young women and young-at-heart women. And we're expecting about two to 300 people. And that most of them are, are young people. So I'm really well, excited. Great. Merchandise Mart, 9 o'clock on Saturday. So if you are a young person, you have a young person in your life, you want to come, just, you know, it's... Cause the effect Chicago.org is the website with all the information, but come to the Merchandise Mart at 9. It's going to be fabulous. You know, the Irishman is three hours and 40, 45 minutes long. I would be done for the weekend yeah. just going to see that. Yeah. Well, I have to say, last week I enjoyed it because when my mother te- texted in the question that says how irritating she finds it when people recline back mm-hmm. and get comfortable, mm-hmm. I do think the one exception should be a movie that's over three hours long. Yeah, I think that you should get a bookmark, like a literal bookmark where you can stop it, you can go out and do something else, come back. Yeah, that's tough for the other people in the theater. but um, Well, great to see you. Happy birthday. Thank you very much. Thank you, as always. Uh, Pat, thank you to you as well. I'm not sure what you do, but I appreciate it. I, well, I tell you, just, just like Bridget, I will spend 18 hours watching college football. <laughs> Just all, all these things that you really know, that's matter. That's really what I'm going to do, but I just I don't I don't really feel like it goes with my image. So I thought I made up all that other stuff. Well, sure. Misericordia, schmisericordia. We have funny definitions of busy, Pat. We'll have to talk. <laughs> Thirty.
38. We are your Chicago Blackhawks station, and we love it. When do they play again, Dave? They play again tonight, as a matter of fact, and they play at home for the first time since October 27th. It's been a while. Have the Sedin brothers had children yet that are annoying us? No, no. Okay. That's, 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 that's over. But the Sedin brothers, they were easy to hate. Uh, the Canucks... What was it? What was it? Was it Seabrook on one of our shows? Well, never mind. We won't get back into that. Right, because that created an issue. Yes. Uh, joining us now is Coach Jeremy Colleton. And uh, good morning to you, Coach. Good morning, Steve. How are you? Okay. How are you today? Good. Story yesterday, I think it was sometime, said you guys got to quit chipping and chasing. What's your what's your uh, take on that uh, theory? Uh, well, I think you got to do the right thing at the right time. So if you're not able to enter clean, then it's best to get the puck in behind and get on the forecheck. And I think when we've we've done that aggressively, we've been we've been good. We've had some good results. Um, ideally, we'd like to break out a little cleaner, um, force turnovers in the neutral zone, so that we can have some more clean entries and some rush opportunities. And I think that's. That part is is true. We'd like to do that more, uh, but I think also part of being a good team is taking what the opponent gives you. You get a lot of good production out of young guys and guys who aren't household names yet. Um, and the you know I think Saad is having a much better season than people are probably giving him credit for yet. All those are positive signs. Obviously, you know this better than anybody. You can't be outshot one and a half to one or two to one. How do you how do you beat back that problem? I think we got to get more pucks to the net. Um, if I look at the last game as an example, I don't think, uh, like in the first period, I don't think San Jose was uh, significantly better than us. They were probably slightly better than us. But we, when we were in their zone, we didn't get any pucks through. We didn't. We we passed up opportunities to shoot. Uh, and you know, those you just need one or two of those flurries. You get three or four shots. And then either you score or you draw a penalty or you create momentum. And uh, then the period looks better on the outside. I think uh, psychologically it it's, has an impact, too, when you look at the shot clock and it's, it's lopsided. But um, you know, I think that's one thing we're not doing is we've got to find a way to get more pucks through because that's what teams are doing to us. And even if you defend well, it, when teams throw pucks in there, uh, it, it puts pressure on you. Uh, Jeremy, one of the guys uh, that... Well, Steve alluded to the young guys playing for you, and since we spoke with you last, uh, Adam Boquist made his debut. He seems to have made a fairly a fairly uh, seamless transition here. Does it feel that way to you? Yeah, he's been good. Uh, you know, obviously to step right in and and make an impact as you know, as young as he is, uh, it says a lot about his future as a player. Moves the puck really well, skates really well. Uh, excellent offensive instincts so it's not going to be perfect for him like you know the the, the every game isn't going to be uh it's, it's hard in this league to beat your best as a young player every night but uh pretty excited about what he could bring to us what's the biggest challenge for a young player i mean you know it's easy to get intimidated you walk into the blackhawks locker room you see legends you see legends on the other side as well uh, you know how do you how do you get in a young player's head and say just play your game yeah i i think the biggest uh obstacle a lot of guys can do it for a game or a couple games or five games it's how do you do it for for once you get into 20 and 40 and 60 and 80 i think that's finding that consistency finding the minimum level in your game uh because you're not going to feel great every night you're not going to get the bounces every night 
there's going to be things that go against you and just finding a way to uh, to come through for the team. That, that's I think that's the biggest battle uh, to becoming a full-time NHLer. So all those guys go through it, and Adam will go through it too. I'm going to ask you one of those uh, introspective questions I know you love, but uh, it was one year ago yesterday you were named head coach. How would you compare where you are now to where you were on November 7th of last year? Yeah, well, definitely more comfortable in in the job and then, you know, have a pretty good feel for the team and and the personalities and, uh, you know, working together. We're we're certainly still a work in progress, and uh, I think everybody would would wants to have uh, better results right now. And uh, you know that's ultimately that's what we're going to focus on uh, coming in, having a plan, and uh, coming tonight and playing really hard. How tough were those early days? Because that first uh, semester, uh, if you will, uh, for you was a rough ride, and then you were a completely different team in the second half. Yeah, it it was it was. Um, you know, having a having a baby too, and all that, all right, those things, right, right, and uh, right, right. the results going against you was uh, definitely that was some adversity. But uh, hey, when you when you get through it, you come out the other side stronger and and tougher. And um, I think that's probably not unlike we're going through as a team right now. Um, we're we're being tested a little bit, and it's important we come through it uh, together, sticking together. And once we do come through it will be stronger team and we can uh, go on a run i do have to say this no matter how much stress you're under your hair always looks terrific and i couldn't be more bitter <laughs> well it's uh, not as dark as it was feels like <laughs> <laughs> well a year will do that to you dave uh vancouver tonight this is a team uh which is off to a, a good start seems to be playing better uh they've been a, a franchise in transition over the last couple of years uh, jeremy what do you see from them so far what are your concerns about them yeah they're uh, they're having a good start and uh, they have some depth to their team that's uh and their depth players are playing really hard and and their top line in particular is uh, very dangerous with you know patterson and besser and, and miller who they they got and he's he's played really well for them um you know the young D uh, Quinn Quinn Hughes has been excellent, so it's uh, it's going to be a good test for us. But that's uh, that's okay. Like we got to respond, and you know we we had uh, you know, would like to have had a couple more points on the road trip, but now we come home with it with a chance to get some momentum going, and and uh, there should be no surprises from our side about what kind of test it'll be. So excited to see how we respond. Yeah, and if you follow nothing but hockey, you certainly know this, but if you're a casual fan, maybe not so much, regardless of the record, there have been some spectacular saves by both goalies. And Leonard has been tremendous so far. I assume you're happy with the player seeing a net. Yeah, we've had excellent goaltending, and uh, I think we have some ingredients to to have a really successful team. We just got to put the pieces together. I think early on, five on five play was was quite good, and the special teams uh, wasn't. And now you know the special teams has been better. Uh, power play wasn't very good last game, but the two games before, uh, you can see some improvement. We just got to put all the pieces together at once, and uh, that's. That'll bode well once we do that. 
Um, G has a question, and as you know, G uh, researches these questions heavily. Mm-hmm. All right, so G, sure please, uh, before we leave Coach Carlton here, what's yours? So, Coach, I want to know what your um, favorite song to listen to to pump you up to get you ready for the game. Oh, his fire up song. Yeah. Like, what's your fire up song? Well, that's tough, right? I guess I basically, whatever players listen to, that's what we listen to. Oh. So, Don't you have some in the car I'm a, I'm that you have thumping? Guy. I'm a country guy. George, George Strait. Whatever. What are, anything George Strait. George that, that gets me going. Nice. I would not have had you as country. Okay. I would not yeah. have either. There's some insight there. Mm-hmm. Next week. All right. George Strait for the rest of the time, Do Coach. Your homework. Uh, thank thank you. you, man. Have fun tonight. Appreciate it. Gee, thanks. That's Coach Jeremy Colleton. His hair's a little grayer than it was a year ago. Yeah. Understandable. Happens to all of us. Not so more for me. I mean, I'm good. Yeah, it, sorry. You can't get any grayer, and there's not that much left to turn. <laughs> all right. So uh, here's the deal. I have tickets to give away, and I'll do that in just a second for uh, Dead Man Walking, the, uh, the Lyric Opera, through November 22nd. Uh, lyricopera.org for your tickets. But I was a little surprised at Coach Colleton's pick for his favorite uh, uh, musicians at George Strait. Yes, he did. Wouldn't you think he would have gone with a Canadian artist? Well, yeah, I thought for sure he was going to pick Celine Dion. There is a law in Canada. You have to play a certain amount of Canadian artist music on the radio stations and the TV stations. Uh, here are his choices. I didn't know all these folks were Canadian. Neil Young, Brian Adams, Joni Mitchell. Leonard Cohen, Alanis, Leonard Cohen, that fire up music, Leonard Cohen. Rest his soul. Uh, yep, just passed a couple of years ago. Alanis Morissette, I love her. Drake, mm-hmm. Drake is also Canadian. Right. I can see Carlton not being a Drake guy, but he certainly have the right age to, to like Drake. Gordon Lightfoot would not be fire it up music, would it? The legend lives on from the well, Chippewa. not that song, down. no. Shania Twain. Well, that'd be good. Katie Lang. You mentioned Celine Dion. Mm-hmm. Justin Bieber. Yeah. Why couldn't Coach be a Bieber? A believer. 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 A believer. Uh, Avril Lavigne uh, is on the list. Uh, Nelly Furtado. The Weeknd is Canadian? Who knew? And uh, on and on it goes. So there's a lot of Canadians out there. there. Dave, there are many more famous Canadians than you thought there were. Yeah, there are. There, I Michael Buble, and Murray. Yeah. Paul Anka. I mean, they're all out there. Megan Trainer. I think, well, I was just I'm Googling her. <laughs> okay. I feel like she that was might weird. be. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> well, because Megan Trainer came up during the break, and we were both impressed, Jay and I, that you knew who Megan Trainer was. Right, Maybe yes, you didn't and mention I Googled, it again. I, Am I right? Let's see. I think she was born, it says, in Massachusetts, but that doesn't mean she didn't okay, have maybe some I'm time. Wrong. She, actually, she actually escaped to Canada to get out of the war. <laughs> but I just love that it, it just came. We were both okay, shocked that you, you knew who... Megan Trainer was. Oh, it was awesome. I mean, you're that. very hip. Are you a big Sean Mendez fan too? Since from Megan Trainer, I like Sean Mendez. Okay. Do you know who Sean Mendez is dating yes. right now? Yes, he's dating. Uh, so she used to date. What's his name? Um, Selena <laughs> no, Gomez. Selena Gomez, right? <laughs> Selena Gomez. But do you know who he's dating now? Uh, oh, that's not. That's not who he's dating. No. Okay. A uh, pair of tickets to Dead Man Walking, playing at the Lyric Opera through November 22nd. The Lyric premiere, a new-to-Chicago production based on the real-life events and explores the nature of friendship and forgiveness in profound ways at thelyricopera.org. It was an amazing book, an amazing movie, and I'm told it's amazing at the Lyric. So, tickets to the seventh caller, 312-981-7200. You'll win them now. Who is he dating now? John Mendes. Oh, it's uh, Camila Cabello. Oh, Camila Cabello. Yeah. Havana, da-da-da. That's Camilla? Da, da, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I thought. 
Uh, lots of confirmation coming in now about the pending retirement of Eddie Johnson. Uh, Anthony Guglielmi from the Chicago Police Office Communications official verified account. A true, the quote, true son, a true son of Chicago, grew up in public housing, went to public schools, and went on to become one of our most dedicated public servants. Superintendent Eddie Johnson will announce his plans to retire as leader of the nation's second largest police department, uh, according to the CPD uh, HQ at 1045 this morning. 1045, and we've got a separate notif- notification from the mayor's office that uh, the mayor will join uh, Johnson at that news conference. Uh, so they'll both appear at that news conference again beginning at 1045 this morning. I uh, have made no secret of the fact that I'm a fan. Um, I think Eddie Johnson came in under extremely difficult circumstances. Uh, if you want to do the math, the statistics certainly show that things are headed in the right direction as far as crime statistics in the city go. Um, I can't speak to whatever happened the other day when he was found asleep at the wheel, literally. Um, but I prefer, Dave, you know me, I prefer to think the best in people. Yeah, you do. So, uh, But I hope uh, Eddie Johnson gets uh, what he wants out of the rest of his life. And if he wants to just retire and kick back, he certainly has earned it. 31 years of the Chicago Police Department. Wow. Now, So before we get on to who's next... We should probably say a big thank you to who was here, and that's Eddie Johnson. Can you remember how he came in? Yeah. Gary McCarthy gets fired. Eddie Johnson doesn't want the job. Rahm Emanuel convinces him to take the job. And then is he going to keep the job? He ends up keeping the job. I don't know that he ever got to the point where he liked it. And then in the middle of all of it, he gets very ill. He has this you know, life-threatening condition. His son gives up one of his kidneys. They have the surgery. The son and his father were in here, the, I don't know, a month ago. And uh, I just think he's a great story. Yeah. And the fact that he is um, born and raised in Chicago and came up the ranks. Right. So uh, good for him. And uh, thank you for the service, uh, Police Superintendent Eddie Johnson. Uh, coming up at 855, one more break before the top. We'll come back with that next on 720 WGM. By the way, we don't think CLTV enough on this show either, I think. Uh, Super Joe, our friend at CLTV who does the producing of that 9 o'clock hour is Fawn. That would be the wonderful Fawn, yes. And Fawn does a great job. So we thank Fawn for all the work she does and the people at uh, CLTV who um, simulcast the 9 o'clock hour of this show and the 3 o'clock hour of uh, Row with uh, Anna. So, um, and, you know, during that hour, as you know, if you watch it, I have uh, at least three wardrobe changes uh, each day. <laughs> um, there's stunts. Um, there's usually a car chase and a uh, crime is committed uh, sometime during that hour as well. Um, we've brought in a couple of things to sort of spice up the hour at different times. I know we've had a couple of love interests for me and a cute neighbor kid. You know, all the things you do to pop up uh, in a show. So uh, thanks to CLTV who will join us here coming up in a little bit. And play your cards right next hour. I have a pair of tickets to see Casey and the Sunshine Band live Saturday, December 28th at Silver Creek Event Center at Four Winds New Buffalo uh, Casino. Tickets for that available at Ticketmaster.com and get ready to... I'm not going to say this. You want me to say it? I'm not going to say it. They wrote this line out for me. I'm not going to say it. Say it. Get ready to get down tonight. He said it. (laughs) Boogie. At the Four Winds Casino, your entertainment escape. Uh, Before Steve gets to the news in the Northwestern Medicine newsroom, let me just jump back down this Eddie Johnson story for a second. Um, other than the name of the former L.A. police chief who's been retired since summer of last year, 2018, uh, anybody else popping up on a short list here? 
Um, there were some to talk yesterday that perhaps there was a deputy chief that went in for an interview, but I think as the day went along yesterday, that name was sort of pushed to the side because the mayor regularly has meetings with some deputy chiefs and commanders, and so um, there was that that floated around a little bit yesterday. I have to be honest, the only name that I have seen is this uh, former uh, Los Angeles police chief out there uh, as the interim, and you have to figure that if he's coming in on an interim basis and there is a report that he could be in, you know, in for months doing that job, uh, that he wouldn't be also considered for the permanent job as well. So, uh, again, Charlie Beck is his name. Let me throw this out in just the 30 seconds we have left. If you're 66 years old and you were the police chief of Los Angeles and you no longer are, why would you want to pick up move across the country to be the police chief of Chicago if, in fact, you left on your own? Well, you know, um, you, you leave a position and you get tired of being in one place and then you're uh, out of it for a while and you sort of miss Could doing be. the work of your life. You may yeah. want to return to do more work. Could be. Well said. All this week, we are celebrating Adoption Awareness Month um, in part with the fine people at Let It Be Us. Let It Be Us is an organization that promotes foster care to adoption. And we thought one of the people that you uh, ought to hear from, uh, at least uh, uh, once or twice, is somebody who is a foster and adoptive parent and also now a recruiter and coach believes in the mission and wants you to believe in it too her name is michelle prickett good morning michelle good morning thanks for coming on thank you for having me um you love let it be us and you love the uh the 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 foster care idea why uh for many reasons um mainly because uh, the word gets out that we need good foster families. And Susan at Let It Be Us does a great job with her team getting that word out. So what caused you and your family to say, we're going to dive in? Um, I would have to blame my husband for that. My husband um, was a principal at the time, still is. Um, But at the time, he was working in a school that he really wanted to do more for. So he said, honey, would you consider doing foster, foster care? And I'm like, no, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I would not. Um, and then uh, he's, you know, I started doing some mentor work with him, and I thought, why not? Our children were older, and it was the right time. Uh, G, say hello. Hello. Um, I would like to know, but since you are a um, a coach as well, what can potential foster parents expect um, in? In the coach, you know, in the coaching and yeah. Um, the orientation, yeah, or yeah, training program. Support. I think that's the biggest piece of this. Um, being a former foster uh, a parent and being a former foster youth, uh, I can, um, and the rest of us that are on the team can bring support. When I first started as a foster parent, there wasn't support. And I had to muddle through a lot of things on my own, whether it was through the initial uh, licensing process and then also through the uh, you know, when we first got our first placement. It was an awfully scary time to go through that alone. So um, I think initially that piece is important. Secondly, um, you know, educating um, as to what foster care actually is and what versus adoption is. Um, a lot of parents call us and um, think that um, they have to go all in. And as you guys have heard throughout the week, you don't have to go all in. There's a such thing as respite. So um, we educate, we um, support, and uh, um, we're there th- um, with any questions they may have. 
So uh, I've talked to a lot of people about this, uh, you know, through the, the conversations that come up because we've done this week now two years in a row. And mm-hmm. one of the questions that come up is, okay, if I jump in with foster care, will I automatically be able to adopt those kids? And mm-hmm. I think it's important to state that the ultimate goal of foster care is for these kids to be returned to a healthy home with their mom and dad. Now, that doesn't happen. I don't even know if it happens in the majority of the cases. I don't think it does. Um, Mm -hmm. But that's what foster care is for, to take care of children until their parents um, are ready to have them back. And and certainly that's what we hope would be the outcome. That's a very good point. Uh, Again, um, I speak from personal experience being in the foster care system as as a child. Um, Even though it wasn't a safe place for me to return home, I still had connections with my family, uh, whether I it was that I, you know, I, I, they were part of who, my makeup and who I was. Sure. Maybe I wasn't interacting with them, but that piece is still there. So reunification is a huge piece of this. And in, in, in my case, with my husband and I, we, uh, um, we did our uh, due diligence to help the children reunite with their family. And we also um, offered our home to be a pre-adoptive home. So when the children were not able to return home, then that it came up in conversation, but not initially. The recruiter and coach piece of this now means you are at these meetings answering questions, or what does it mean? It is. That's exactly what we do. Um, we show up to meetings. Uh, we show up to the events. Um, the, we have meetings that are called the Fireside Chats in Barrington, um, where those are a little smaller and it's more intimate. And then there's these bigger events, uh, and we have panels of um, various people, in the um, whether they're a foster parent or a coach or from an agency that can answer questions to help through the process. We talked to Melissa yesterday, who's a foster and now an adoptive parent, and it was very clear from talking to her that she felt a calling, and so did her husband as well, to do this. If someone's listening right now and is feeling that sense of calling, but still questions whether or not they have the ability to do this, what would you say to them? I would say not only attend one of our many events, but please fill out a coach um, form and someone will get back to you and answer those questions. And you may not be ready like I was in the beginning. I wasn't ready, um, but it, it took me some time. And at least you'll have the information and have the right information to go move forward with it. So what questions do you hear? Because G brings up a good point. Um, give me your top two or three questions that people ask that maybe could you know inform people listening now uh, in a in a broad way. Um, the top question is, uh, what do I do if my if the child goes home and my heart's broken? Okay, fair enough. And I think that's a great question. And and, and you're right, it is fear. Um, but what if you don't? You know what happens to the child yeah. if you don't. Yeah, you stepping up, being courageous enough to step up is is literally a world changer, even if it's for a short period of time. Correct. All right, give me another one. Another one that comes up, like one of those frequently asked questions you get. Um, I am interested in fostering to adopt. And that one is probably the number two question. And really, you know, regular people talking on the street, yes, you can foster to adopt. But with what the welfare agencies, um, child welfare agencies, uh, in being a previous, uh, you know, a licensing worker at one time, if I heard that, I would think you were mistaking foster care for an adoption agency because you have, you know, it, 
there's this misconception that you're going to take in a child and then it goes right to adoption. When in fact, um, you know, there's a possibility of adoption after, you know, the, you know, the efforts of the system were exhausted with that family and then the parents' rights were terminated. Um, then you, like my husband and myself, became a, a pre-adoptive home for that family. That is how this, how it will work. You don't go into it and then all of a sudden you get a child and you're going to adopt. And one question that comes up a lot again, and I'd be curious if you hear this as well, is I'm nervous about bringing a child who comes from a troubled situation into what I consider to be my normal home. What do I do about that? I would say that that's a that's a good concern to have. Any parent would be concerned with that, and that's I don't I wouldn't want to take that you know and minimize that fear. I think um, the coaching program what you know what we do a really good job at is empowering the parent helping that parent understand what their limitations are, you know, what they're willing to um, take on and what they're capable of taking on so that they don't take on something that's greater than what their family can provide so that, you know, it gives them some confidence. It is, uh, you know, it's impossible to uh, overstate how big a deal uh, this is when you take in a child, and we have sixteen to 18,000 of them in Illinois, that just needs a home, needs a home, needs to be loved, needs to be taken care of, even if it's for a short period of time. Um, and you really will make an unbelievable difference if you make the choice to step up and do this. So uh, do you have an upcoming event you wanted to plug, or should we just go to the website? Um, there's a, a number of them coming up. We have one um, coming up uh, this Saturday. Um, and then if there are any others that you're interested in, you can not only go to the website, but you can also go to our Facebook page. And I would encourage people, too, on a corporate level, if you're moved by the mission in any way, shape, or form, or if you're just in a good position to make a contribution, there is a big white button there on the homepage at letitbeus.org for WGN listeners to click. And also you can email Ross Cochran, rosscochran at letitbeus.org, and he will be happy to talk to you about what your contribution will do and how important it is. So we thank you, uh, Michelle, for the work you're doing, and um, blessings to your family. Thank you so much for having me. All right, I appreciate you being on. Good spokesman. Right there. Wonderful. Right? Mm-hmm. And don't you feel like even after knowing a little bit, we learn more every day? Yeah. <clears throat> it's and a I, big deal. And I love that this is so important to you because you were also adopted. I was an adoptee. Uh, and, um, yeah, uh, it doesn't have to go the way I went. I mean, you could get a good one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when Dave and I were little and Mary, you know this as well, we didn't have Happy Meals. We had, here, shut up and eat this <laughs> yes. meals. Yes. Um, uh, were Happy Meals around when you were little? Yeah. Okay. Well, from 1988 to 1998, McDonald's had a selection of legendary Happy Meal toys. And uh, this week, actually through Monday the 11th, you can get a surprise Happy Meal. Now, on some level, that sounds scary. Surprise! Guess what's in it? But the surprise is the toy. And they're bringing back 17 iconic toys from those years. I don't remember a lot of these. The Cowboy McNugget. It's a like a little plastic chicken McNugget with a cowboy hat. The Fireman McNugget. The Mail Carrier McNugget. All dressed like, you know, the characters that they are supposed to be. A Miniature Grimace. That goes back to 1990. Um, let's see here. A, a Dino Happy Meal box that was a changeable it would you could change it into different things uh, a hamburger changeable there were and the reason they called them changeable was the transformers was licensed 
Oh, so they're Transformer okay. toys. Makes sense. Uh, McDonald's Hot Wheels Thunderbird from 1993. I'm pretty sure Ross had that. Yeah, I think my kids had that. Uh, the, the Miniature Hamburglar from 1995. All of these could be in your surprise Happy Meal this weekend. Uh, the Power Rangers uh, from uh, the Happy Meal of 1995. The Space Jam Bugs Bunny. Another one of those licensing deals. Oh, I remember that one. That one's from 96. Uh, Patty the Platypus. Yeah, that's a Thai Beanie Baby from 97. 101 Dalmatians. Is there a My Little Pony? A Disney deal. I haven't seen one yet. Now, do you remember all those little Thai Beanie Babies? The miniature ones oh, sure. they had in there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had a bunch of them. Yeah. The Tamagotchi. Uh, from 1998. The My, oh, My Little Pony, 1998. Did you have that? I love the My Little Pony. Look at you. The uh, furry Hasbro. <laughs> the, the From Hasbro, the furry from 1999. Furries scare you, though, don't they? You don't like furries, right, G? Mm, no, I don't like furries. I don't like people dressed in uh, furry costumes. There's a Hello Kitty. I said only 98, but these go on way beyond that. There's a Hello Kitty surprise you could get in there. Uh, that's from just a few years ago. And the Sorcerer's Apprentice Mickey uh, from Disney from 2002. Any of those could be in your surprise Happy Meal. The Happy Meal, from what I remember, had four chicken nuggets. I would always get the chicken nugget meal. Right. My wife just texted me. We still have them. Yes. Wow. So... Yeah, we do as well, because Abigail found them, and she wanted to play with them, so we buried her in uh, 20-year-old Beanie Babies. <laughs> yeah, she thought it was fantastic. Well, everybody thought that you could buy Beanie Babies, and then they would be worth money down the road. Uh, yeah, it turns out not so much. That's why yeah. we have them. <laughs> Believe me. Yeah, Dave and I have combined our collection. They're worth yes. not anything close to what we paid for yeah. them. You can have my whole Tupperware full, too. Uh, that's what I'm talking about. Huge. I was uh, I was hooked uh, on, a, uh, on a show... That uh, well, part of the reason is because Henry Winkler's a pal, right? Henry Winkler's been a fan and a friend, and uh, so there's better late than everything comes up on NBC. And I didn't want to tell Fonz mm-hmm. or Terry Bradshaw, but the funniest part of the show is Jeff dying. Huh? Nice yeah, right. Am I right or am I right? That's very nice. Of you but am I right or am I right? I don't know. I think I'm very fun to be around, but I don't know if I'm the best part. That makes that means a lot to me. Even if it's not, even if people disagree with you, I appreciate well, that. Well, I bet it was great for you acting with those guys. Well, it wasn't really acting, but yeah. <laughs> Henry Winkler, William Shatner. Terry Bradshaw and George Foreman and Jeff Dye. It doesn't it sound like a street joke. Like well, a George which Foreman these don't and William belong? Shatner walk into a bar. You know, it sounds like a setup. <laughs> but here's the thing. You get a call like that. This is a great call, right? Because yeah. it's a break. Then you got to spend all this time on the road with these four knuckleheads. It's It was the best thing I've done with my career. It was so much fun. <laughs> but also, it is interesting. People always go, man, you did you just wake up every day and be like, Wow. Like, our, you're like, the starstruckness wears off. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, on top first, of the fact, yes. you're looking at Shatner in his underpants and, you know, and some of these things. It's not good. Well, you spend that much time with him 24 hours a day. It's not like after three months of bathroom breaks and arguments and <laughs> dinners. Who is the most and, difficult? Who's the diva of the bunch? Um, That's a tough one because nobody's really a diva. The biggest attitude, the star-tude, was definitely William Shatner. Yeah. Um, but Shatner, you got to remember something. Shatner has been a star for 50 years years 88 years old yeah so longer than 50 probably i don't know yeah right mid-60s yeah at least um i know these guys a little bit yeah and, you know they've all been on the show a bunch 
Foreman was nothing but a ton of fun. Absolutely. Uh, Bradshaw's out of his friggin' mind. He's the greatest human of life. The biggest problem I would have had with Bradshaw is he really seems like he wants to be naked a lot. Like, not like almost you didn't have to ask. I think it's also like locker room humor. You know, like, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. like how do you make the guys laugh? Just walk around <laughs> naked and say, like, a thing, you know? And so, like, it's like that's how he makes people uh, bonds, you know? But could there be a better guy than Henry Winkler? There's not a better guy than Terry Bradshaw. <clears throat> Henry Winkler's a great guy. <laughs> what was the problem with Winkler? You guys had a falling oh, in? I love Winkler. I love no, I love, I love, I love, but I, I think that he, sometimes, we talked about this in the green room at this other place, that um, sometimes you just get attached to some label. You know what I'm saying? Like, for whatever reason, it just gets repeated. I've never been on anything where they go, isn't Henry Winkler the nicest guy? Yes. I heard that at the last place. I'm going to hear it at the next You're place. You're sick of it. Somehow it's been labeled. Nobody calls him funny, which he is. He's no one calls funny. him charming, which he is. Mm-hmm. No one calls him a talented actor, which, which he is. is phenomenal. It's this weird label of like, isn't he the nicest? You're like, well, I've seen him. He's a human. I've seen him get grumpy. and yeah. He's he's one of the best humans I've ever it's known. It's just, you but know what it not is? Not just he's nice. So surprisingly nice. He's well, like, but it's a juxtaposition. Ex- there's not a lot of people that are nice. Uh, it's it's a juxtaposition from Fonzie right. to Henry Winkler. <laughs> well, think about like Taylor Swift. Like her thing is they go, oh, she just sings about her exes. That's always about her. Ex. So does Katy Perry. So does Ed Sheeran. <laughs> so does everybody we in all music. Are just singing about our exes, and right, things, right, but right, for right, some right. reason that's become her thing. You know, what like, would you like? That's her thing. What would you like your one descriptive? Uh, co- oh, I have to be? giant privates. I want that to get out. <laughs> right. I want everyone to and know by that. By that he means in military terms. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, uh, I don't know what my thing. I am very nice, too. I like that people say, that guy, he's fun to be around. I'm a silly guy. Uh, JeffDye.com, by the way, for everything that's going on with Jeff Die. Where are you working this weekend? I'm at Zany's Comedy Club, one of my favorite comedy clubs in the world. It's tremendous. And the stage in Rosemont may be only four by four feet big, but <laughs> yeah. that leaves more room for you. It's a great room. <laughs> I love Rosemont's very fun. I'm, I'm in Rosemont on Saturday. And then uh, last night, tonight, and Friday, I'm in uh, Old Town. Oh, on Wells. The original one, yeah. That's the place, man. Anybody that's anybody in comedy has always worked there. It's a great room and i like i don't know it's not a great room i know it's nice of you to say but it's not a great room it's a time it's an old strip club oh really it literally is an old strip club and the stage is about 48 feet high it's (laughs) very weird i like being above the crowd like the tables in front you could fall off at any time (laughs) but it's a history it's a historic place but that's why we like it we like it like they haven't changed anything i mean it's like just it's a time capsule and it still feels like a like the comedy clubs you've read about and they have the corpse of old comics upstairs yeah yeah (laughs) under the stage that's why that's why it's so high (laughs) (laughs) all those old Bodies. All right, now you grew up in Seattle. Let's yes, let's stereotype for a second. Seattle yeah. doesn't sound funny to me. Were you it's the not, funniest guy in Seattle? I was because I'm not a very smart guy. You know, everyone, <laughs> Seattle's very smart, and then they learn all this stuff, and it makes them grumpy. Because anytime you learn something, you tend to just go, ah, crap, I wish I wouldn't have learned that. So every parent in Seattle, they hope their kid's going to grow up and work for, what, Microsoft? Microsoft, or, Boeing, and Nintendo. Those are the big those ones. Those are the big ones, right. And then families like mine just, like, serve them food. That was, <laughs> <laughs> like, we, we serve their parents, you know, food. And was, So Mr. Our, and Mrs. Die, they're waiting at home one day. You come home and say, I want to be. Comedian. Oh man, they. You know what's funny is uh, I don't give my parents enough credit. I'm pretty hard on them because they're you know they were weird. But <laughs> when I said I want to do college, they're like, "Good luck." You know, like they were like so mean about it and like not supportive. And, like, I, I, I well, that's not the typical parental response. They were so it? mean about all the regular things. But then the second that I was like, ah, I think I want to be a stand-up comedian, you could see like their face light. They're like, "Oh, you'd be great at that." Like oh, they, they didn't yeah. even consider it. Like they were like, "Oh." What? Yeah, you would. You finally like, something that makes sense about like, our boy Jeff. Like, That's it the clicked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wait a minute. Actually, he might be able to pull that off. I love that though because you're of an age. You grew up where where 
parents coddled their kids. Yeah, I know because my parents aren't that, or my kids aren't that much younger than you. Uh, did you coddle your kids? Oh my God, we all did. Because you're successful and kind. Well, my parents nice, were unsuccessful the- and not kind. <laughs> and what they would do is they'd be, I'd be like, they'd be like, I'm like, who's going to make my lunch? They're like, I don't know who's going to make your lunch. I was like, you, you should make my lunch. I'm a kid. And then they would pat themselves on their back about like teaching me like independence. Like, look, he does his own laundry. He does his. Own. It's like I don't want to. <laughs> right. Mom, I had to learn. Yeah, what, you're not working. You got time to do this, you bum. Uh, so you have brothers and sisters. I have sisters. Yeah, yeah. I'm the I'm the only boy and the youngest. Uh, so what do the girls do? Are they anybody um, in the business? They're a lot like my parents. Pretty lazy. They just crank out kids. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so you, you, one of my sisters is real good at getting married. I'll tell you that she, she's on her she fourth on? husband. Oh, fourth, wow. and she's only three years older than me. Here's and the she thing. still says cliches like, "Well, when you know, you know." It's like, <laughs> You've known a lot. <laughs> Well, here's the thing. First one can happen to anyone. Right. Second could be you. Third or beyond, it's definitely you when it comes <laughs> yeah, to marriages. Absolutely. Right? No, we've known it's her the whole time. We're like, these guys are great. You know? <laughs> so, uh, but so, she wants half their stuff. But do you realize what an anomaly you are? <laughs> Everybody in show business is the disappointment in your family. Oh, You're yeah. the achiever. Mm, absolutely. You're yeah. the big star. I'm like their favorite now. They're like, hey, look, he's on things. <laughs> One time I broke up with a, I, I was I had just gone through this bad breakup and I went home and my mom tried to comfort me by going uh, well you know Jennifer Aniston's single now I was like okay yeah ma I guess I'll just text her because she just thinks oh you're all on TV and, and you all meet you, at the you show must business all know club each- <laughs> right y'all go over to the show business house we're down to the TV cafeteria <laughs> oh, wait, can I sit at the friends table today like that's not how it works that also means everybody probably thinks you're rich you've got that TV money yeah oh, they yeah. do a lot of that They're asking for loans yes my uh one of my sisters the same one i was making fun of earlier she asked me she's like she she asked like an insultingly casual way she's like is there any way that we can borrow like four hundred thousand dollars we want <laughs> like, what world do you live in i don't even like you that much i wouldn't let you borrow a hundred dollars i'm not gonna let you borrow i don't have that what are you talking that's about? tremendous all right so you turn all over now What's that? You're touring all over the country? All over, yeah. Um, I'm pretty much somewhere every weekend for the last, like, 11 years. <laughs> it's <laughs> been the longest tour of my life. Do you life. have an apartment somewhere? Yeah, yeah. I've been told I have a home, and it's pretty nice. That's what I've been told. <laughs> Where's the apartment? L.A.? Sherman Oaks. Okay. Yeah, I have a house in Sherman Oaks. I love it. Because here's the thing. Um, the show had two season runs. You've yeah. had a couple of shows as well on your own. Yep. So you got to be getting offers and stuff. Oh, yeah. I've been doing great. I'm happy. Yeah, I have a different thing. We're working on two different TV projects right now that I'm not supposed to talk about, but uh, I well, might just, be uh, do moseying like... my way over to Fox instead Ooh. of NBC. So oh. They should have locked me down, those NBC crews. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Peacock is how drunk again. Work. Yeah. Yeah. Lost out. I'm like a pro athlete. I, I'm like Shaq. I'll play with any team. Just give me a jersey. Free agent, right? Yeah, there's that, no loyalty That's what here. they're called. Two words. <laughs> Sell them out. Yeah, I'm not Ernie Banks. I, I go to whatever team's got a star. You are a notorious prankster. Have you ever yes. felt bad about a prank that you... Yes. Which one? One time I was on this TV show and we did a prank where... Um, was I'm trying to remember what the name of the show was. Uh, but I was just one of the guests on it that day because I'm good. At, I love pranks. We pranked a girl where there would be like a bag of money, and she's just supposed to nanny, and, and a guy's going to come sign for the money. But we had a different guy come in and just grab the bag and then leave, and she thought that was the guy that she was supposed to sign for. Oh, and no. then the real guy comes in, and he's like, "Hey, uh, I'm here to get that money," and she goes, "No, a guy already picked it up." <laughs> 
And she, he's like, no, like this. And then we had the lady come back and be like, that was $50,000. But, but, but. And that's a funny prank. You could see her reaction. But she was right? devastated, right? She started crying oh. a lot. That always ruins the prank. Because now, <laughs> no, now everyone, they don't see, oh, that's really funny. Oh, you should have seen your face. It's just like, you made a lady cry. Yeah. Like, yeah, that prank was not fun. Oh, if it makes you feel any better, there's a guy here who does a nice bit on Fridays. It's called The Bright Side of Life. People call in and they just tell good news stuff. That's nice. a nice thing. I love that. That's and you get a lot of positivity, right? Yeah. I thought it'd be funny one day to do the dark side of life. First person that calls in is crying because her cat died. Oh, no. Joke over. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right? Well, at least it was a cat. <laughs> one time I was doing my bull crap on stage, you know, being like, hey, you know, life is good. We don't even really have real problems in America. Go to a third world country. And I'm doing my whole shtick. Uh -huh, I'm all uh -huh. about love and positivity. And then there's a guy in the front row, and he's just kind of, like, sad. And then uh, I said, uh, I was like, well, what are you mad about, man? Where's your wife? Because the seat empty the next time I thought maybe she went to the bathroom oh, I no. thought she died yeah and he goes she's been or she just died like two oh, weeks ago oh no and no, I go hey no. come on man you could have lied <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> you're bumming the whole well, crowd why have you got to ruin this for 200 people <laughs> no, was he saving the seat for no, her I think that soul just, her spirit I like what know. was happening I didn't get to the bottom of it I did like five more minutes wow ago. oh man yeah, that, yeah that was the dark side of life that's a room saver <laughs> <laughs> my mind is like jeebers dude uh, when are you going to know about the foxing uh, probably in the next few, like probably a month or so. What do you think you want to do? You want to act? I mean, you're always going to do stand up. What do you want to do? Always do stand up. I've got a different project that I uh, swimsuit model. Yeah, I'll, I, it sucks because I want to. I don't want to <laughs> tell everyone that's listening. I want to tell you guys because I'm happy. Right. But um, yeah, I'll always do stand up, and then I'm, I'll probably like end up movie doing movie. I just did a movie called uh, The Wedding Year. Okay. Starring Sarah Highland. Mm -hmm. It's like a romantic mm -hmm. comedy, and I think it made me realize like I don't really like acting. Because it's to not very fun. You just sit in a trailer for like Ooh. hours and hours and yeah, hours. Yeah. A lot of and sitting then, around. And then when they're ready, they come get you. Like they're like. But like you have the prop. trailer with your name on the door. Yep. See, that's cool for about five minutes. Yeah, it's boring. Yeah. Just and then to after podcast, that. and I was like constantly <clears throat> on my Instagram, just going, "Someone message me. <laughs> Having Some on. girl send me something. <laughs> like it was just. It's. I was bored. <laughs> uh, Do you it, like this job? Uh, yeah, but you know, I have no skills in any area. That's um, true. I used to do some walk-ons of movies, still nice. do stand-up. Uh, the TV left with the hair. Yeah. So, but this is fabulous. This is the greatest radio station in the country. And you guys get to hang out with each other every day. Do you don't have to wake up at like five a.m.? We actually all live together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At the radio because, house. The radio house. Yeah, exactly. Because at the hour we come in, it's just easier. Yeah. Really weird. Do you guys situation. podcast? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But that's a law now. What? Everyone has to podcast. That is a rule. If you're an yeah. American you're that doesn't human, podcast, you're going to be taken away. <laughs> if you yeah. don't have a podcast, everyone just sh hits you with sticks and stones. Yeah, it's going to end for you. Yeah. And not well. Like the biblical times. Uh, the musical director on the show is also a, a great comedian, does a lot of work locally, but a guy you know named John DeCause. Oh, yeah. And I wish John had been here because you guys had worked together in yeah, the past, but I he like loves you. Everybody, I, that's the first time you and I have met, but everybody that's come across you, and this, you should feel good about this, has nothing but good things to say, and that's rare in stand-up comedy. Oh, uh, it makes um, me very happy. Yeah. I work hard on I value kindness I think some people are trying to I don't know Like I think some people value different things yeah. some people like kindness seems like a good one money well no but some people are like oh I want to be respected or I want people to think I'm smart or I want people to think I'm beautiful or whatever I'm fine with none of that I don't I don't need respect <laughs> I don't I don't need power be a decent guy yeah I just want everyone to go that guy made me happy that's what comics are supposed to be um, who did you like when you were coming up Brian Regan was a oh, big Brian fan Regan's kind of all the usual suspects Seinfeld Chappelle 
But see, that's the thing is to have that sort of broad take on things because Chappelle's the new prior, right? Right. Chappelle can make cursing like poetry. Absolutely, uh, sounds and, good. And I've, nail yeah. it. Where Brian Regan and well, our buddy Gaffigan, Brian Regan, yeah, working clean is the hardest thing to do. And you do that. I work very clean, uh, but it still has like an edge. So sometimes yeah. people come and go. Hey, I thought this was clean. You're like, he didn't say any curse words. That's really the rules. <laughs> that's the rules of clean. Well, but you're not like, like Bob Saget's another pal. Right. Bob Saget is not Full House. Bob Saget. No when way. You see Bob Sagan on stage, you'll get whiplash. Absolutely. Yeah, but well, yeah, funny. Those America, funny whiplash. Those, what is it, America's Funniest Video Jokes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. None of those. <laughs> that coming. But I couldn't be more thrilled for your success, man. Thank you very much, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and I thought you were fabulous uh, with uh, with the old guys. They were so fun. You stayed in touch with any of them, or did they not have phones? Uh, I'm a, I stay in touch with all of them except William Shatner. Um, and it, not, just because, you know. Yeah. What, what Do they call you with their tech problems? No, but Terry Bradshaw and me talk all the time. And uh, I'll tell you funny story so i spent thanksgiving with him christmas with him really? i like i'm we're really close and i spend every sunday at fox oh, sports wow. watching during football season i literally was with You're him like on the son he never had absolutely and i yeah. and i i believe i feel like it's answered prayer like i've got like four new dads in a way How cool is that um but it's funny because he doesn't like texting so he will call me sometimes like eight times think about how many times you text <laughs> a friend she'll call you like eight times a day and so like sometimes i'll just be like yeah, and I'll like screen it. And my friends are like, Are you the only human in the world screening calls from Terry Bradshaw? <laughs> and I was like, well, No, I've already talked to him six times today. So sometimes I'll pick up, like, well, Terry, what, dude? And he's like, Oh, I thought of another joke. And I was like, All right, this, this is the greatest. So it's like texting, yeah. but he does it on the phone. Yeah, he calls. Yeah, I mean, so it's hilarious. every thought he has, yep. he calls you. And it, like, even if we just hung up, I'm like, Maybe he has something else. It's nothing. So what does he really think about the Bears? Oh, what do you mean? Uh, that's not good. It's not good. What does he well. think about the yeah, Bears? Oh, well. I mean, everyone agrees that they're garbage right now. <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. tricky. I feel like the Bears are like the Seattle Seahawks. Like, you guys haven't had a quarterback you're really in love with since probably McMahon, right? Yeah, it's true, but I don't get why you, the Seattle fans don't yeah. love Russell. No, we love Russell. I'm saying, like, oh. we didn't have anyone till Russell. Oh, got, we had Jim Zorn. Yeah, Jim Zorn. Yeah, Dave Craig. That's like your... That's your McMahon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is mm-hmm. our Jim Zorn. Yeah. And then it was just all these guys, like Rick Meyer and Joe Kitten, and we were just kind of like, ugh. Yeah. And so when we got Russ, we were like, now we're in love. And I feel like that's what the Bears are waiting for. Yeah. Some quarterback that you guys are waiting for a deal for Russell love. Wilson. Yeah. Because <laughs> yes. I don't even know the guy you got now, but it's not working out. <laughs> uh, Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to have fun with Bradshaw, call him, say those two words, and hang up. Oh, right. <laughs> well, Terry like hates when people talk football with him. If you want to talk to Terry, talk, talk about life. Yeah. Talk about Semmental cattle, mm. horses. <laughs> He's a good old boy. He loves whiskey, cigars, talking about beautiful ladies. He's not in the, Like, if you came up to him and was like, well, you always beat my cowboys, he, he will look at you like... Bro, yeah. like, is like this what you man. talk about? Yeah. Yeah. It's like yeah. talking to a dentist about teeth. It's got to end at some yeah. point. He's not that into it. It's just that's what he was good at. Well, sorry I brought it up. No. <laughs> yeah, I like really talking about anything. Okay. I'm warning you if you meet Terry, shake his hand and <laughs> right. talk about butts. <laughs> <laughs> I just want, I want to plug his show. He has a show in Vegas every Tuesday at the Luxor. And I, I know what you guys are thinking. Well, what is the show, right? I thought the exact same thing. It was the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. Questions, answers? He does Q&A. 
he shows reels of all the things, all the times he was on movies yeah, and yeah, edited yeah. real good, and then all the times he's been on TV. He just tells hilarious stories. And then he sings songs. What? And the songs are written about his life, so he sings like the entire show, and it's all sewn together, and then there's one part where he brings someone on stage, he plays catch with them, and kind of interviews them, does like crowd work, and then there's these two beautiful women, a 10-piece band, and the beautiful women also are like, you know, they sing very well, they're Vegas ladies. It sounds fantastic. It's so good. And, and it's we had a no Tuesday idea. night? My face hurt. I was smiling so much, and I I was like tearing. Yeah, it's on Tuesday, Tuesday night at the Luxor. <laughs> Vegas is so ridiculous. It's amazing. <laughs> and you see the poster, you're like, what would Terry Bradshaw do? And well, go find out. It's so wild. JeffDye.com, JeffDye.com. Yeah. T- tomorrow night, tonight, tomorrow night. Uh, Zane, no, tonight's third. Yeah, tonight, tomorrow night. Yeah. He's downtown. Saturday night in Rosemont. You're welcome here anytime, man. Thanks for having me. I Great appreciate you guys. You. Uh, Bill and Wendy next. I got 10 seconds. Hi. Hey, Steve. Hi and bye, small fry. <laughs> You guys have a great show. Thank you. Uh, back here tomorrow. It starts at 6. I'll see you at 6. And uh, Bill and Wendy start right now, right after this.